Testing. Test, test. There it is. Okay. Welcome back to a very special episode of your ex-boyfriend's podcast. In the Plungeon Dungeon today, we have my good friend, former co-worker, Roger. Hey, everybody. There's Roger. <laughs> Roger and I uh, work together at the as yet unnamed former employer that we don't mention on air on this podcast. Whose name shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. Like Lord Voldemort, he who shall not be named. Just so I don't get fired. Um, and that's basically where our our relationship took flourish like a beautiful flower. Amen. Bless up. Bless up. Roger, how did you... Um, well, first off, welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. How, how rude of me. Um, long, how, long time listener, first time guest. <laughs> Power 327. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reporting for duty. How did you... Uh, well, let, let's start with how did how did you and I get into that same sphere? What was your your journey to get from former uh, wireman, construction electrician, to get where you and I work together? Everybody kind of knows how I got there. Yeah, well, um, just like I was working, you know, construction, going job to job, um, sometimes company to company. And I was just looking for something a little more steady because I have, as we're going to probably talk about, I have two kids, uh, uh, two older kids. I have three kids, two older kids (laughs) and and a baby. Yeah. And there was a point like where I was just like worried about getting like laid off all the time as everybody is, I'm sure. Right. And it was just really wearing on me and I wanted to like have something more steady. So Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like looking around and I know a lot of public utilities are pretty steady. So I've been just, I applied and I applied and I applied at all these places, right? In King, were you just casting that net all over? Yeah, that's kind of like what what I do to, for for you know my job search is just to cast the net wide. And that's see. what I ended up doing. And then I, you know, you got to take tests at some of these uh, public utilities. Mm-hmm. You interview, you know, maybe there's like a step process for interviews and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I just applied. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. We'll and, get it out of our system yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, and I got I got hired on there, and, and that's kind of like where I started, like not being a a construction electrician, and then I got transferred over to the entity that you and I worked right. at together, and I, I had been there for maybe like I don't know how long after I got hired did you get did oh, you maybe get on? a year yeah about a year just for a little bit of background so I've been. Uh, We've talked about before how I went with this same, you know, overarching entity. I went from department to department. The ones Roger is talking about are just in the reverse. He worked initially at the department I'm at now and then transferred to the one where we worked together. And then I was the first person to leave and then went back to the one he used to work at. Yeah. We were just flip-flopping. Bad decision. Bad decision. (laughs) I, you know, I knew that the... Um, department that I, well, I thought that the department that I was going into was going to expand and (laughs) you and me both. (laughs) And, um, I thought it was going to be a good gig. You know, well, I actually do think it's a good gig. It just, there's a really 
toxic environment there that I, oh, I yeah. didn't know about. You know, obviously, you don't know somewhere is toxic until you actually get there and you're... <laughs> And you're not toxic yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you're depressed and sad. <laughs> yeah, I've not been... I, I've made it very clear, as you know, that, that I, I had a lot of bad times at that particular department where you and I were together in the middle of the night um, on the Fridays and the Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we want to, like... That's when life happens. You know, like, the fun things happen on... Fridays and Saturday nights and, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday morning brunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it was, I mean, for me to be like on nights, it, it affected like, you know, my mental health, my physical health, for sure. uh, you know, my relationship with my family yeah. and, you know, cause everybody suffered, you know, f- you know, dad sleeping. So we got to be like quiet mice. And that's pretty unfair for everybody, but everybody really kind of buckled down and helped me. You know, that is a good, a good point that I haven't touched on before is, you know, as someone who doesn't have a family, how does that, well, let's be a little bit more specific where Roger and I worked together where you and I were, were, you know, coworkers, we were on a graveyard shift. We didn't have our weekends cause we worked Fridays, Saturdays into Sunday morning and it was a, a five-eighths shift, so we had your normal 48 hours off. So how did that impact your family life? Because I have not been able to speak on that at all. It was horrible because I would, like, if we got off that Saturday morning, or I'm sorry, that Sunday morning, I would sleep all day. And in the normal world, you know, everybody's already functioning on that Sunday, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then so I would wake up, like, you know, I would try to wake up early, you know, around like 12 or <laughs> yeah. you know, one o'clock. But that is early if you're working a graveyard. Exactly. Shit. And everybody's already rolling with their day and stuff. And I'm miserable, tired. Yeah. And because I'm working nights and then, you know, while it's hard, really hard to engage and, you know, having a baby, he's like super high energy. And, you know, you have, you know, my relationship with, you know, my baby's mom and, mm-hmm. uh, that needs to have a lot of attention. So I, I have, so I have that half day and then I have that the Monday, which everybody goes to school, you know, the <laughs> right. older boys people are go school. to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was missing out on a lot of time and, uh, it was horrible. It's horrible. And so we, we basically only had a day and a half off. That is true. By the time your, your Tuesday rolls around, which is technically part of that 48 hours, you're going to work that night. Yep, and you got to like get quote unquote get your sleep right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you flip flopped your schedule like I think pretty much all of us did, just to get some time during the day with the people in your life, then you have to flip it right back. And yeah, for anybody who's wondering, that is fucking terrible for yeah. your health. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to like force yourself to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I've never taken melatonin in my life or me, had any troubles having sleep. Me neither. But as soon as like I started that job, I started like, you know, taking like three milligrams of melatonin and that would knock me out. And then it went mm-hmm. up to like six and, you know, I actually have to still take melatonin. Really? Yeah. To like make myself go to sleep because I'll wake up in the middle of the night and like at like three yeah. and just be like wide awake. Like, oh, well. I guess I'm awake now. You know? <laughs> I'll just get up. Yeah. And 
I don't know about you, but like if I sleep, like that first initial block of sleep, let's call it a block of sleep. Mm -hmm. I'll sleep that and then wake up. And then if I go back to sleep, that second block of sleep, it's super hard for me to wake up. It it like hurts. So how those blocks, how long are they? Well, or do you uh, know? Yeah, I would say like 8 p.m., Mm-hmm. You know, on a good day to like three. Um, what do, I don't know how many hours that is. I can't. Seven? That. Seven. Let's see. Well, that's good. <laughs> Seems like. <laughs> Here it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's like 11 and, you know, I wake up at like three in the morning. And yeah. It's only four hours. Gotcha. Okay. So it's more like a clock time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So, but if I take melatonin to say at like 930 and I'm asleep at 10 and I wake up at, you know. 4 30 5 o'clock yeah i'm okay gotcha gotcha yeah but but the melatonin is like the the crutch i guess that sure I, that i wasn't used to you know that i don't think it gets talked about at least in the people that i know that take melatonin or took melatonin that it actually can affect your long-term sleep habits like for us getting off of graveyard like we did yeah. now you're still using it yeah and in the past you wouldn't have yeah yeah i i try not to regularly use it but um i probably use it maybe once or twice a week yeah yeah which is a bummer because i just want natural sleep absolutely and you know if if you probably if you hadn't gone to graveyard shift that wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. a thing and just i think just for clarification's sake I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I used to actually volunteer for graveyard shifts when we were in construction oh, well. because of how financially worthwhile it was and how it was never a long-term thing. Yeah, It was like, we need to get some stuff done. The customer has to, you know, make space for us that we, so we can only do it at night. Yeah. I and mean, that's only for a week, you know, maybe two weeks, right. but not for years. Correct. Yeah. I think the longest stint I ever did was maybe three months. And it, I knew it was going to be three months going in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, long term, there's just... I've never linked any of it, but there's just so many studies that I've read and anecdotal evidence. Like, it's well documented that being awake during the night... I can't remember where I heard this, but it has even been classified as a carcinogen because... I believe it. ...of how long term horrible it is for you yeah i believe it i um you know i have my primary care provider and he's known me before yes you know let's say night shift and then he's known me during night shift and <laughs> he was like dude what do you, what are you doing different and i'm like i'm working nights and he's like dude like <laughs> you know your cholesterol's up you know what i'm saying you're like uh your body weight like your bmi is up yep and um you just don't seem happy <laughs> that dude. kind of stuff i'm like man i know <laughs> So that's when I really started working for looking for something else. Like, sure. Uh, and what what is kind of like um, weak about the situation is that the employer told me that you know it would be like two years mm-hmm. for me to be on you know graveyard shift. Get and to I a was better like, shift. Yeah. You know, and I talked with my my partner and my baby's mom, and I was like, "Yo, like this is the situation," and she was like. We'll make that work. You know, just do what you got to do. Right. The benefits at the time being a worthwhile kind of trade-off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the two years came and I spoke to like the uppers about, I'm like, well, what's the deal? It's been two years and this was kind of like, I wouldn't say 
the promise, but it right. was, yeah, you know, I was led to believe that it was only be two years. Yeah, they gave you the carrot. Yeah, exactly, sure. exactly the carrot. The two years came, and I spoke with, like, the higher-ups, and they were just like, man, maybe another two or three years. <laughs> and I'm like... After two. Yeah, 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 after two. And I'm like, <laughs> F that. I need to, like... <laughs> I need to start looking for something. Days. Working in that department, we worked with a lot of really cool people. I mean, that was the saving grace of, like, working for that department was there was just a, a lot of real, like, quality characters. Absolutely. And I would I would say, <laughs> and I know a lot of the other people that maybe we aren't talking about don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, whatever. But... I would say that most of those people you're referring to were ones we worked with directly, which to me, like you said, was a saving grace because we all got into that department thinking the trade-off was worthwhile. Your benefits are going to be better. Your, the consistent pay, the overtime pay. I, I made more money that that year than any other time in my life. Yeah, same, same. But over time, those started to mean less as my quality of life took a shit. For sure. Except for the people. For sure. Because I still talk to you guys on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. The, the people were like my like tether to, you know, <laughs> reality, like, you know, yourself sure. and, you know. Dirty Rob. Yeah. Shout, shout out. out. Yeah. Love that guy. Love that guy. Um, oh, Craigie. Yeah. Oh, Craigie, I know you listen to this yeah. podcast. I love you, dude. I love you. <laughs> Yeah, but so everybody was like super cool and like, you know, the other cast of characters that were there also was, you know, we all may have not got along like every day, but I mean, right. that's just human shit. It was. Yeah. And because at the end of the day, I think, and you and I had this conversation so many times, that place would have been a dope ass place to work. The dopest. It could have sure. been awesome. And it wasn't. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I if we all had a good schedule and that was the crew that we worked with, it would have been the best job ever. And you know, right. Obviously if management was like cooler and more <laughs> nurturing away. of us. Yeah. And I right. did just, that's another thing that kind of boggles my mind about the situation is that, you know, we're like where the rubber meets the road where the work gets done. <laughs> the asset. Right? Yeah. yeah. The asset. There you go. Yeah. And there was no nurturing of the asset at all. They, right. they just treated us like not an asset. A, uh, expendable. Yeah. Borderline abusive though. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I, I believe you could argue for a certain amount of mental abuse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having your job threatened regularly having your professional qualifications questioned. There was a lot that happened there. Yeah. And then also you spoke of, you know, the carrot dangling the carrot, like, Oh, Hey, you know, someday you're going to be <laughs> right. uh, able to like, you know, there, there's the promised land of like getting on to, um, you know, day shift or, you know, a different shift. And mm -hmm. then when it came down to it, they're just like, mm, yeah, you got a few more years. And, like, and it, it was, it was so blatant. Like, day to day do you remember that's adorable <laughs> pay attention to jonesy <laughs> do you remember when our schedules got changed from a 410 you know emergency covid shift back to a regular 5 eights? oh yeah and you know there was all the reasons that they handed out which you know sound good on paper but we knew we were bs and then immediately after that our you know big boss was like 
oh yeah, we're trying to get four tens back. You know, that that was out of my control. We're we're trying to get you guys back on a four ten shift. It was like blatant gaslighting. Yeah. In the face, like we we had our our eyes open. We saw what just happened, and now you're telling us it didn't happen yeah. like that. Yeah. Wild. It was wild. And and you know, when somebody in charge, you know, your leader yeah. is straight up fucking lying to you, you know, it's really hard to go to work. And right. it's really hard to invest that sacrifice that your family is making, you know, Absolutely. for you to be on night shift to justify being there, you know. Yeah, for sure. It it becomes less and less mm-hmm. um incentivized. Exactly. Which is a thing that, you know, we're still dealing with. I still work for for that, you know, government entity where we were just a different department and that's our our contract negotiation right now like how do you as an employer incentivize people to make these sacrifices that place we're talking about loves to preach about work-life balance and the health of its employees and you know all sorts of progressive um ideals that i agree with oh yeah oh yeah on paper paper. yeah yeah and then they drop the ball on almost all of them on a regular basis. Yeah. Especially if you're in in a, an industry like we were, a department that's not in the public eye. Yeah. They love to talk about the departments that people can look at on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. So, man. But you know what, well, you know that's a good thing about being in a union is like we can like withhold our labor and then go somewhere else and right. do something else. And that's the beautiful thing I think about unions. Absolutely. There's just... so many beautiful things yeah, about unions. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved on and mm-hmm. got a job with a different entity. Yeah. Um, and I think nobody nobody that I, I know that we worked with had anything other than, you know, love for you and congratulations when that happened. Same with me. Yeah. Like everybody that left that department was given all all the good positive energy that they could get from from your coworkers. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely love everybody <laughs> like, there. Good for you. Yeah. And you know what? We shouted him out earlier, but another one of those guys, they he just left. Yeah. Yeah. And that's five people for that department in the last six months. Yeah. I don't know what it's gonna take for them to like <laughs> want to change the culture or I you, don't know. Yeah. There's, I'm sure there's some undercurrent, like political things that are going on that we don't know about. For sure, you know, for, for things that take, things that it would take to to change the culture. I think probably, it's from the top down at this point yeah. because you and I, and a number of the people that used to work there, did I think our level best to make positive changes. Yeah, and we spoke with somebody. We had a meeting with somebody, and they were just like, "Well, while we were there." Yeah, while we were there trying okay. to like, you know, push the push like, hey, you know, we're suffering, we're suffering. Help <laughs> us, help us. Uh, like part of the leadership there was like, well, how far do you want to take this? Like, are you willing to like suffer some more? Mm-hmm. And what is like, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> Thank you, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, he pulled us aside and was like, yo, like. Yeah, how how far are you guys gonna willing to take this? Because you know, if you want to take it there, you can take it there. Right, but you're it, you're starting to make waves. Yeah, you're gonna fucking suffer. 
you know, going back to solid dude. I think the one thing I would disagree with from his perspective is like your quality of life matters. And I would argue that your quality of life deserves for you to go all the way. If, if you don't have that, what do you have? Yeah. You know, he he says you're going to suffer, but it's like, I'm suffering now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm depressed. Like my doctor thinks I'm clinically depressed Yeah, because I can't, I can't work here anymore. This is just Mm -hmm. not good for me. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, he had, he's been around for a while and he's, seen dysfunctional yeah type institutions before and (laughs) he's seen people like us who wanted to change yeah and went you know the distance and still came up short and he's just like i like you guys yeah so think about this and then and that's when i was like well fuck i'm leaving like oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah i don't want to put in that effort you know and especially I felt like, you know, like just the few of us yeah. were the only ones trying to make the change. Yep. And everybody else was just like on, along for the ride. And Absolutely. Like, dude, if everybody would like pitch in a little bit. Like we were all in a union? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it just didn't work out that way, which is, you know, no knock to anybody. You know, everybody's just trying to live their lives. Absolutely. And especially in that environment where it, it, it did change a lot, admittedly, like when a lot of those people showed up, yeah, a lot of the older, more sen- senior people in that department, it wasn't like that. There were a lot of changes that happened like right in the three years where you and I entered that workforce. Yeah. And arguably changes for much, much worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in regards to like how it affected your mental health. Like I have, or I should say are, I've been very transparent about a lot of what has gone on in the last, you know, year plus for me. Um, it like, I don't know if you remember, you know, when I was talking about when I started experiencing like symptoms of anxiety, it was at work. That's where it was the worst. Wow. Like when I would be, you know, literally up at one thirty in the morning, not happy with where I was working. or the way things were going with life in general. Um, And that led to me going to therapy and learning a lot about my mental state that I I don't think I would have even, A, had the opportunity to look at because maybe it wouldn't even have popped up. Yeah. And and B, wouldn't have had the tools to deal with in the first place. Yeah. Did you find that in a similar condition? Like, Like, had you ever had your doctor be like, yo, what's going on? You seem like... You're depressed. <laughs> you know, not very, like, not my doctor, but, like, my baby's mom. Yeah. You know, who, uh, you know, she's really, like, in tune with me. and Well, in tune. She's pretty dope in yeah, all ways. Yeah, she, she's dope, and she's cool and really <laughs> yeah. keeps an eye on me and has my my health in mind. Absolutely. So, yeah, she, she cares about you. Yeah, That was yeah. very clear when I met her. <laughs> and so she's just always kind of, like, helped me think things through you know and not necessarily talk about my feelings but telling me to like look deeper into the situation and what's best for me because she wants what obviously what's best for everybody but the family yeah the family and she's like well you know do what you have to do to like get right with the situation because we're all like here with you it's not just you kind of thing for sure yeah so i didn't get any like professional 
type stuff. I I definitely should. And <laughs> um, just, you know, because when you talk to somebody, it's different, you know, and they have like unbiased, like in, input and Absolutely. ideas and yeah. But, a lot yeah. of a lot of education and, and experience, you know. Exactly. They're yeah. like, yeah, we've heard this story before. Let's let's take some steps. Yeah, let's let's suss this out a little bit. I remember at the time, like literally every time I would have a session with my therapist, she that was her, always her first question. Like, if I didn't have anything to immediately bring up, she'd be like, "So, how's the job search coming? Are you still? Yeah, are you still working at that? You know." particular place do you still work graveyard because she was like until that changes we can do a lot to help with things but situational like the environment in which you are putting yourself is is damaging your health yeah good in and good out right wow. she was yeah. like if you don't change that that one particular part of your life you are going to experience these effects no matter what yeah you yeah. know and so that was the conversation that we had at work, right? Which was like, okay, can we make positive changes in case I, in case we can't necessarily leave on our, on the terms that we would like, you know, yeah. I would love to be on a, on a day shift right now with another entity, but I can't, yeah. you know, the job search when you're not working in construction is all on you. Yeah. You don't get yeah. dispatched. Yeah. Yeah, totally. totally. So. Yeah, I definitely I I have a guy, and we've talked in the past. Yeah, and he he's helped me through like some problems with like because I you know I got a divorce and I was trying to move on mm-hmm. past that and you know um, obviously we all have like issues from you know childhood and stuff that we're trying <laughs> to you know deal with and stuff. So For he sure. helped me sort out those feelings and nothing but good things came of that. And but I haven't been able to get a hold of him. I mean I've been trying to like get mm. a hold of him maybe. He was like an older dude, so, and I'd hate to say it, but maybe he like passed away from you know the pandemic or something. What was he? Just somebody from your own circle, your community? From yeah, back yeah. Back in Arizona? He, no, no, no. Here, here oh. in Seattle, I, okay. um, I reached up when I was going through my divorce was like dark time. So uh, like 2011, 2000, <laughs> some, some same as my dark times. <laughs> yeah, so, somewhere in there, I want to you know block that out, but. You know, Amen, so, brother. somewhere in there, um, I was reaching out to him yeah. and we just really like clicked. He was actually um a stonemason oh, that no. got his PhD. So he was like a union guy, right? He's like, and he would like you know, our first meeting, he's like, dude, I still have my union card. That's awesome. I keep it up, you know, and I pay my dues. So I'm a union member too. That's and he was so like cool. a PhD, like, you know, therapist, psychiatrist, or whatever he was, you know. And, yeah. And he just um, really helped me dig, dig through the feelings and stuff. And, For but sure. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely I'm trying to get back to that, trying to get my – right my ship still. You yeah. Know? And it's been like six months since I stopped working night shift, and it's still – I'm still having trouble, you know, riding my ship. Oh, same, man. I, I hear you. Like, I still struggle with uh, not the sleep thing, but with – so you know how – you know, we'd be eating at like three in the morning. Yeah. I still have not been able to get my freaking like diet in check. Like the times where I'm hungry are just all fucked up. Yeah. And then the shit that's available and ready to eat, if I don't cook it myself, is, is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. McDonald's. 
You're like, I know every single location of McDonald's that are open overnight <laughs> and every Taco Bell that's open overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Not good for your long term. <laughs> yeah. So like I've been trying to meal prep. I got meal preps up in up in the fridge, but at the same time, it's just like the those conditioning your brain over a long enough period of time to you know live a certain way then it's hard to break out of that you and i have been on day shift for about the same amount of time because i think you left like three weeks after i did yeah which was dope yeah yeah (laughs) but you know we were on you were on that shift for two and two and a half years yeah yeah and i was there for a i think a year and a half wow which or no a year i was on it for a year God, I cannot believe how long you worked graveyard. Yeah. It was all like that. It was all them dangling that carrot. Like, oh, yeah, you know, there's there's a day shift in the horizon somewhere. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I can yeah. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And it yeah. was just, they kept pulling the carrot away, pulling the carrot away. For sure. And I was super sucky. <laughs> <laughs> super not chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned... Uh, how cool being a union member is something yeah. I care a lot about. Yeah. That, that was probably, well, I think for both of us, actually, you and I talked about it. Like that was a life changing, like net positive that I will never be able to like overemphasize. Yeah. 100%. How did you end up getting into a union position? Uh, like from where you were for, from jump? Like, the, yeah. What oh, was the jump to being like, oh, I should be a union member or I, I should know. do whatever. It's pretty pretty wild i was a a cook right i was like you know fine dining cook like yeah you, know, you um, are a good cook too <laughs> you know microgreens and you know smoked like freaking salts and smoked ser- salt yeah you, you I know just know that random, yeah smoked salts <laughs> like served on a pebble you know kind of you know misted like, with like fucking essence of the foam of a cucumber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Herbs de Provence. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was doing, I did that. I mean, that, that was my profession because, like, you know, I started out as, like, weed seller, dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And then I started cooking. So I was Line just, cook? Yeah, line cook, selling weed. And Did um, anybody ever tell you you have mad line cook energy? <laughs> Oh, I know I do. I know I do. (laughs) I know I do. And man, I miss it. Yeah. Like every day. Like I would probably still be doing it if the pay was there. And it is not. I know that. It is my fucking like wheelhouse to be a fucking on that pirate ship that we call the kitchen. Yes. (laughs) And man, I still keep in contact with a bunch of my folks from those days and shit i fucking love them i mean just like you know with uh the department you know absolutely i just love them and still keep in contact and and yeah but i i love being a line cook and i liked working in a restaurant as well i wasn't a cook i was like what do we call it the expediter oh yeah 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 cool so I was back there with all you pirates. Stressed out. <laughs> yeah, yelling. <laughs> yeah. I yelled a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you should have met me when I had like a harder time controlling anger. Like wow. I could be a real dickhead. I still can, but it's a lot more in check. Yeah. yeah. You're, I think that's called growing up. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we worked like pretty much exclusively in like open kitchens. Yeah. So it was like you're fucking like panicking and like losing your shit, but you got to like the whole like. Oh, the public can the, see The you. dining room is like, you know, you have a <laughs> counter and like a guy sitting like right there, like, you know, staring at your crotch, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And you're like losing your shit because you you know you got fucking tickets like all across the rail and you're just like you know and you're like got to be like ridiculously like professional to to an extent obviously you know we're like you know whipping each other with towels and showing our genitalia to each other and stuff um i mean i don't know if you've ever seen that movie waiting i have i love that movie fuck dude it's exactly what it's like spot on spot Spot on on. (laughs) yeah 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 i mean I've never fucked with anybody's food. I've never like no same. Let's yeah, make that clear. Yeah, me, yeah. me neither. <laughs> yeah, I have like the utmost respect for like people and they're paying your your bills, their food. Yeah, you know, like um. So I've never ever like fucked with anybody's food. Absolutely, except for one time. One one time, <laughs> I, in in my whole career that I I but it was a total accident. Oh okay. There was this like, um. I worked at this place where they're like cooking like cooked like a two pound steak right mm-hmm. and the the two pound steak is like two inches thick literally yeah and like the size of a, a huge dinner plate it's a pound per inch yeah i don't know that's you how know, that's how like i roll <laughs> um yeah so i was cooking it and like it was it was like a 45 minute fire then that, absolutely that's the time um if you don't you don't work in the kitchen the fire time is like from the time you order it to the time it gets on a plate and Correct. It, for something that big it takes about 45 minutes absolutely yeah so that's a huge chunk of meat yeah and a chunk of time because you know you're you know the customer is sitting there right. waiting for this food right and it's taking 45 minutes so i got this got this steak and I was turning around to plate it and it slipped out of my tongs and hit the floor and everybody in the kitchen saw. And then like, I just like picked it up, looked at everybody and just slowly put it on the plate. And then nobody said anything. And I just put it in the window. And nobody said anything. And Cause they knew what had just happened. They knew the, I mean, it, it happened like in the busiest time of the night. So it yeah. was like, during dinner rush, yeah, 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 yeah. This, the, that's the only time I ever fucked anybody's food. But it wasn't even intentional. It was like, I'm about to make this guy wait an hour and a half first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you know <laughs> we're probably gonna have to comp his food. Yeah. The server's not gonna get tipped. Yeah. You know, and then you know you comp his food, it's gonna be like hundreds of dollars because they're ordering drinks Absolutely. and they got appetizers. If it's a place where you're ordering a a two inch freaking forty five minute steak, it's it's going to be some money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I went from working in those places and I had, um, with my ex-wife, I had a, uh, we had a baby. Yeah. And, which was cool, but I mean, I was working, I guess would be swing shift, you know, I was working from like noon to like midnight. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's pretty standard, but it's pretty standard for Seattle at that time. Where you only get paid a set wage. It was really weird. So I only got paid like say. I'm just making this number up. A hundred dollars for a 10 hour shift. Right. Okay. But they encouraged you to come in early. So you'd be like. 
to get your like station ready, right? You had right. to have all this extra time, so you would end up working like twelve hours sometimes, thirteen hours for the same hundred for the same hundred dollars. Yeah, what? Yeah, which was so. Let's be real about it. That's a total violation of labor laws. Yeah, you know, you don't know. You don't. You don't know. But now we yeah. do. Yeah, now we do. <laughs> uh, and for any of, I know a couple of younger people listen to this podcast. Like, if you're in that environment, you like know your rights. Yeah, you know what the laws are. That's yeah. not legal. I actually, after I left, I think the the company that I worked for and the person and the chef who's like a kind of a, a local celebrity chef in the area. Oh, okay. He got like Gordon and, Ramsay. <laughs> yeah, Gordon <laughs> Ramsay got his dick stepped on and I mean, there was a lawsuit and I think a bunch of people Good. got fucking hella paid. I didn't, but yeah, that's cool. Whatever. I got <laughs> I, I went into it's the union. Chill. So, okay, I um You had a baby. I'm uh, I'm a line cook. I have the baby. Work and swing shift. Oh, we have the baby work and swing shift. Yeah. And then Seattle's getting more expensive at the time. It's mm. like it's like right there, like tech booms happening. Things are starting to get a little, a little bit more expensive. We're still avail, uh, able to find like affordable housing in the city. In the city, mm-hmm. yeah. Because my thing was like, if I live out here away from home, which the home is Arizona, yeah, I want to live in the city. If I have to move out of the city, what's the point? I should just move back to Arizona. Sure. And then. Uh, my wife has, you know, is pregnant with my second son, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm making like, you know, dick 50 an hour, like, you know, just <laughs> yeah. getting fucking hundred bucks for a 12 hour. Yeah. Shift. Yeah. And, you know, now I got three mouths to feed, you know, my wife, the son. And then all of a sudden we got another, another on baby the on the way. And I'm like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, so. I don't know shit about like unions or apprenticeships or anything like that. But for some reason in my life, I heard about apprenticeships. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know about anything about it, but I kind of know what it is and somewhere, you know, like theoretically, you know, kind of, yeah, you go learn from another guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just like was on Craigslist because that was like the job search. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that was the job search engine at the time was to go on Craigslist, right? Uh, So I went on Craigslist and I just typed in apprenticeship. And the first one that popped up was the IBW. How crazy is that? And I just fucking applied. And I just was like applied. And, you know, you kind of have to do some like legwork. You You have to like get your transcripts and you have to take a placement test. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have to take an actual test at the at the apprenticeship hall to yep. get in. I did all that, and I did pretty decent. Uh, I took a little bit of like college, mm-hmm. like I did actually pretty good in like community college. But I stopped going because I'm like, fuck, man, I can't write a paper to save my life, <laughs> right? And so that actually worked in my favor. Absolutely, taking those taking those um courses, and. So I applied to the apprenticeship, did all like the entry tests and stuff, and I forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. And I went you, for you just did it and was like, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And then I went for an interview. Right, they called me in for an interview. And a funny thing was like, I had never been to like a like a proper interview before. Right, it was right. always like you know sit down with the chef and like you know maybe the owner have a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation. I thought it was gonna be something like that. <laughs> so I show up to the apprenticeship hall, and. 
there's dudes in like suits and shit. It's those twelve like motherfuckers at the the U shaped table. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and and even like you know some of the applicants. I'm sitting there with the applicants, yes. right? Yes. And then they're sitting there with suits and stuff, and I'm like, Uh-oh. I just show up in a fucking Slayer shirt, and I'm just like, <laughs> holy fuck, like I need to like I fucked up, I fucked yeah. up, you know. But at the time, I'm actually so I I was I I missed this part, but I was. A cook and a door guy. Yeah, so a, I did a bouncer. A bouncer, yeah, yeah. Uh, at, like in Pioneer Square, which was super gnarly. And there's fifty billion stories about that. I know there are. <laughs> and um, I, you know, one of the things was to wear a black shirt, right? To and to be to, a bouncer. To be a bouncer. Okay. And I, I just happened to have that black shirt in the back of my car. A button up. A button up oh, black okay. shirt in the gotcha. car. <laughs> so I was like, "Fuck, what am I gonna do?" So I went to the car and like, kind of like, "Am I gonna bail on this?" Um, or the, you know, the interview. Yeah. Uh, am I gonna bail on this or what the fuck am I gonna do? So I like, kind of looked in my back seat and I'm like, "Oh fuck, there's a fucking there's a black shirt back there." So I literally it's got, got it. It got and it, it was wrinkled as fuck. So I went into the apprenticeship bathroom and was like running it under the heater and stuff, oh, right? And like God. trying to stretch the material out and yeah. stuff. Dude, just throw water on it. <laughs> doing my best, dude. And like so I just like put it on, you know, like and then went in the interview and I I didn't understand like the the magnitude of like what I was doing. You I know? was like, going to ask, like, did you have any idea how big that interview was? Because for those of you who don't know, the interview was the number one component to get into a trades school. Yeah. I had no clue. No That's clue. It was just crazy. another thing I was just trying to do. Right. So yeah. I went to the interview and then they gave me like a couple weeks later, my, my placement in yep. like the, the queue of like and waiting to, yeah. uh, what is that called? Waiting to get dispatched. There's, there's a term get for in. it. I don't know. That's okay. Yeah, but I was like in the line to join the school. Yes. And I was like number 11, right? And I didn't I didn't even think about whatever, you know. Right, but, you're like, how, I don't even know how many yeah, people yeah. there are. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm got focusing on like feeding my kids. Mm-hmm. So then um, I'm working one day uh, doing line work, you know, mm-hmm. at, uh chef cook stuff yeah and I well, get a f- you were a fancy chef by this point yeah yeah, yeah not yeah. not a chef but still cook you know right 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 yeah a chef is like in charge i'm like you know i'm a fucking a warrior i'm a you know <laughs> line cook warrior guy <laughs> um, line warrior yeah, yeah that's good yeah. shit and then so and then you know these are my buds that i'm working with right I get the. I think call, I remember this part. I get a call from the apprenticeship, and you know I don't recognize the number, so I go outside. I'm like, "Hello," and like, it's the dispatcher from the apprenticeship, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, we're ready for you to go to work." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'll just like give two weeks notice to my cooking job," and then the the, the apprenticeship dispatcher was like, oh, "Okay, well, maybe this isn't for you." We need somebody tomorrow. And she fucking hung up on me. What? Hung up on me. Like, didn't even give me a chance to respond. Who was this? Elaine. Oh, she wasn't there when I was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a bitch. Just straight up fucking hung up on me. She just was like, oh, maybe this isn't for you. And just hung up on me. That's crazy. It's insane, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> wait. Hold so on. I call her back. I, well, I didn't call back. I just went directly inside yeah. my job and was like. I have to quit right now. And they're like, 
what the fuck are you doing, dude? And I'm like, I'm going to go be an electrician. I'm going to get paid. I think the time was around 18 bucks an hour. Right. And 18 bucks an hour from what I was making in that kitchen was like. Dick 50. Yeah. Everybody was like, whoa, <laughs> take that job. Go now. Yeah. So I totally bailed. Yeah. And I went and like, I didn't even have a pair of boots. I didn't have any, you know, work fucking gear at all. I do remember this story. So I just like got in my car, you know, spent my last little bit of money and, you know, called my wife. I was like, hey, this has just happened. I just quit and I'm going to go be an electrician tomorrow morning. And I, but so I'm going to go to like Dick's Sporting Goods and buy a pair of boots because I didn't even know where they fucking sold boots. Right. Yeah. So, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So I just like went and like bought, bought a pair of boots and like I had like, you know, some jeans and. You know, wear your Slayer T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. And then I show up, you know, to the apprenticeship, and they send me to some random job. And were they uh, the apprenticeship at the time? Was it given out a full set of apprentice yeah. tools? Yeah, yeah, I got the tools. I think that bears mentioning another benefit to being a union member to doing what Roger and I did. You can show up and take that test and do the interview and get that job as an electrical apprentice with just a pair of work boots. Yep. They will provide your tools that you eventually do have to supplement, but they will give you a tool bag. They'll give you a tool belt. They give you all the necessary safety equipment. Yep. And they'll just send you to work as a know nothing line cook one day, apprentice the next. Exactly. Exactly. It's and a beautiful system. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know anything at all, but I'm, I would fancy myself a quick learner. I would say so. So I just like. Pay attention. Yeah, I paid attention, moved a bunch of stuff around, didn't talk a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And it just one step after another, you know, you learn something, you learn something, and it's just that, you know, that's the beauty, that's the beautiful part. And it blossomed. Yeah, it, <laughs> it blossomed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's my, that's my story of how I got in. I love it. That's to me, and I hope to a lot of people, that is inspiring as any other success story. You know, it, it's, mirrors mine a little bit i went to significantly more college before i made that decision but at the time when i got in it was you know pretty much the exact same and so that that resonates pretty hard for me going from like you know what the fuck am i doing with my life you know working at costco yeah. literally one day moving pallets around to the next day like my first dispatch was to a data center Oh, wow. My day one dispatch was to a data center, and I was, like, inside of a, a UPS cabinet, like, helping to terminate wires with my journeyman yeah. as a day one apprentice. And I was, like, I was moving pallets around a concrete <laughs> floor yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was, like, here's what you got to do, and here's some tools that I didn't even know the names of. Here's how you do it. Do that shit. And shout out to Rodney Coles, man, my first journeyman ever. That dude is abrasive and loud and kind of uh, insane. I don't know if you've ever seen him post on the, the Local 46 Facebook group. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I think he got banned because he is like a crazy person, the <laughs> stuff he would post on there. Yeah, but yeah. for a first day apprentice, he was just like, I don't give a shit if you don't know anything. You know, we can put you to work. We can teach you. Yeah. And I think that's the mentality that one of the best things about what we did, you can come in and, you know, everybody's kind of pulling in the same direction. Like you don't need to know everything. We're going to teach you. We're going to get you squared away. 
And granted, you always have those guys that, you know, aren't on the same page. Yeah. They don't want an apprentice working under them because they're, you know, old and crusty. Yeah. And sad. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty much everybody that I interacted with, you know, 90% of the people were like, got you, dude. We're, we'll get you where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Changed my life. Same. Same. I got to poop. Can we pause? Yeah, sure, sure. So kind of wrapping the, the union issue up. One question I would ask you, just from your own perspective, if you were to be talking to somebody who was looking at getting into either a skilled trade or thinking about being, you know, represented by a union, maybe in their current job, uh-huh. like are they organizing or, or whatever, but uh-huh. more so, I guess, specifically to people who've never been involved, what would you say to somebody who's looking at it like, wow, I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I can do this. I, the process is too big for me to even you know, it's intimidating. What would you, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking at it? I would say, um, just try it. So you kind of get a baseline where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, and just take it, you know, like anything in life, just take it one bite at a time, like do the application, sit on that and then turn in some paperwork, Mm -hmm. sit on that, go for an interview, sit on that. You know, or, you know, just do that, you know, just take it one step at a time. I know it seems a little bit overwhelming and there is a lot of red tape. And when I do talk to people about getting in, and that's one of the things that I say is like, there is a lot of red tape and there are a lot of hoops to jump through, Correct, but totally worth it. Just, you know, have something else that you're doing in the meantime. Mm -hmm. But when it it starts ramping up and you're able to buy a house and, you know, (laughs) you're able to like fix your teeth yeah, or you know um get your kids braces get your kids braces yeah. i mean it, it's all super money um and what's funny is the um boss that i was working at from the kitchen that i quit on yeah he's actually an apprentice now no all shit. these years later yeah he <laughs> i at the time i was like yo dude Cause he's my boy, right? And I'm yeah. like, yo, man, get in, get in with me, dude. Let's do this. This is the opportunity. But I mean, he is like the sickest cook, and he was like in a position of, I was making, let's say, I was making ten dollars an hour. He was making eleven fifty. So he was like, oh no way, man, I ain't going nowhere. Can't you leave know? this money. Yeah, I can't leave this money. Yeah. And he worked another ten years or so. I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Now I'm kind of tying things together in my head. We were talking about employers dangling the carrot and never delivering the carrot. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing very different about being, at least in our union, it was completely the opposite. The carrot is, is biteable at every step of the way. Yep. Yep. You're going to get that next pay raise. You're going to get that next, not promotion, but opportunity to learn another thing to be more than you currently are. The opportunities are there and achievable and endless. Endless. (laughs) Endless. <laughs> Endless opportunities. There's so many avenues you can pursue. I mean, yeah. speaking from electrical, and I'm, I'm assuming from all other trades, like, say, be it plumbers or elevator mechanics. Sure. I'm sure there's a the multitude of, like, places you can go. And I've known people, like, that worked in Afghanistan, went to yeah. Afghanistan to work. I know a dude who's working on in Australia as an electrician right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've actually traveled, and I went to San Francisco to work, and coming up here i'm getting ready to 
possibly travel and go to Portland right to do some work so the possibilities are endless absolutely it's something I always tell people when I get questions about my job there's no such thing at least in the there's no future that we can currently see where you don't need tradespeople yeah those jobs can't be automated until we get fully functional programmable programmable robots yep and everybody needs a every <laughs> every room in the world needs a light switch and a light that's what so you told your the, boys right yeah 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 that's an electrician that's a that's electrical trade and you know every house needs a toilet absolutely and, and fresh cleaning water and, and heat and disease free society needs plumbing <laughs> you know so shout out to the plumbers yeah yeah <laughs> as much as we like to rib on each other yeah, that, yeah. that's a hundred percent true yeah yeah. Every building in the world. Every building in the world. Yep. Um, bless up. Bless up. Bless the IBEW. Solidarity, yeah. brother. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess uh, just my closing statement would be, yeah. don't get frustrated. Take it one step at a time. Thanks for bringing us back. Hang to in there. <laughs> just hang in there. The reward, the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> Absolutely. On this one, everybody... <laughs> um squeeze so, that thing yeah squeeze it love it drink it for sure yeah and you, you know what i would what i learned after that whole process and tried to take forward into life let them tell you no don't tell yourself yeah you know and like you said you take that next step and that next step and if you fail or you fuck up or they tell you you're not qualified okay but let them tell you don't tell yeah. yourself before you even give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I didn't feel qualified at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I was on a fucking pirate ship, you know, working the fucking pirate ship <laughs> right. like, as a cook. Slinging fries. Slinging fries and fucking, <laughs> you know, showing my genitalia. What? What were we talking about at breakfast? Oh, your podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... It's just an idea right now. Yeah. Um, I have like questions that I want to ask people. Mm -hmm. And the idea of my podcast, nobody fucking steal it. <laughs> we can be real <laughs> general I'm fucking about it. poke you right in the eye if I ever meet you in fucking person. <laughs> and so the my podcast is pretty much um, going to be... Well, let me give you a little bit of background. Yeah, this is we're going to um, drum up some interest. Yeah. We'll get so, you a fan base. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> All 20 people. <laughs> yay. I'll take you guys. Uh, so I am part of like the hardcore punk rock community. Mm -hmm. And I've been like pretty much since I was a fucking child. You a know, wee babe. Yeah, yeah. My... um come from a family of rockers you know metal heads and mm -hmm. my sister was a punk and she'd like take me to shows and stuff and something about it just really spoke to my soul you know where i could be like myself yeah. and i could um learn stuff you know i learned a lot about life and myself and, and being independent that's a pretty tight-knit community right like yeah. you guys are like involved in each other's lives totally totally like yeah i mean we like some of all my best friends have come from like punk rock and you know metal and i mean pretty much my whole like social life revolves around like music and stuff 
so in Arizona and here in Washington? Yeah, yeah, in Arizona. That's where I'm originally from. I'm, yeah. I'm Navajo. I grew up in Flagstaff. Super tight family on and off the res. Mm-hmm. Like super, super tight. Um, yeah, I mean, all like the friends that I came up with, like they were all like super into like gangster rap and like hip hop. Yeah, hip hop and that stuff. But I was always like the weird like metal kid. You were the black sheep. Yeah, I was the black sheep. You know, and these guys were like listening to like you know three six mafia and like bone thugs, bone thugs. You know, which I totally fucking love. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. Like that's still like I love that shit and reminds me of a time in my life. Yeah. But I was always like the metal kid, you know, and I was always like, you know, hanging out with like these gangsters, like wearing like you know my Slayer shirt, my Sepultura shirt, and like <laughs> yeah, and. I never really like fit in, but they were like my friends since, you know, third grade. So it was like not even a big deal. Right. And I kind of like broke away from like the hip hop folks because they were like really like super into drugs and stuff. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I, I So I like um, got into punk rock and that kind of followed me up here and it was like a big thing that fostered my transition from being in Arizona to here. That's how you were able to, to stay here. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's well, uh, right in the beginning, in the beginning. Yeah. 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 Because I had a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, a friend of the family who had a friend and we knew them through punk rock and then their friend, right. Like, friends removed three times removed right how many degrees yeah 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 i don't yeah um so they were like civilians and they let me like stay on the on this couch and stuff and i was able to like already have like a punk rock foothold here because i mean there's like a punk rock hardcore community here absolutely so i just showed up and just start introducing myself and got a good reputation and um just Got right in the fold, and I still know a lot of those people today, and I still they are all we're all still friends. And like, was was that the house? weren't you staying with some strippers? Uh, I wasn't staying with them, but they were like, uh, they were like taking care of me because right. I didn't have a lot of money, and like, right. I didn't have like a, a I, I think I was just working the door, yeah, and pre line cook. Uh, I was trying to get in Break because, in it, I mean, yeah. you know, big city and yeah. coming from a small town. Somebody's like, cooking. Yeah, yeah, somebody's cooking. So <laughs> I'm trying that to get That makes in. it sound like you were making meth. <laughs> we're talking about lime cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. And uh, so I found, I was walking down the street, literally just walking down the street, and I saw somebody from my hometown. Oh, shit. Right? And I was like, hey, dude. And. He was like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe this. And you didn't was, know you were in the same city as, as no, each other? No, no, no. We were literally walking on First Avenue. I was looking for work. That is wild. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, dude. And then he was like, oh, fuck, hey, man. And he's like, oh, man, I'm, like, staying up at this house or at this apartment up on, like, Capitol Hill. And I was like, oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. He's like, yeah, come on. Stop by sometime. And... I stopped by, and it turns out that the woman that he was dating was there, and she was like a cocktail waitress at the strip club, right? Oh, okay. And so it was like this like whole apartment, and they all had like you know it was like a huge apartment, like 
four or five bedrooms and they were all like strippers like that lived in this like that like lived in this like um stripper commune you know for lack of a better <laughs> stripper term. commune yeah and they were all fucking super cool they all just like you know smoked weed and played right. video games all day and got delivery and I'm, I'm broke as a joke right so, like new kid from small town yeah yeah, yeah. and then those like, kind of this guy so i got kind of like a good, good tie in there That's bless that dude i forget that guy's name man but he really like that was a a lifeline you know and absolutely that's kind of like I feel like that's the way, man, I don't want to like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm bragging because I'm not, but I want people to understand that kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Like there's like, I don't want to call it like a spiritual thing or like, I don't know if you treat people good, Mm -hmm. the world fucking treats you good. Oh, that's karma for sure. And like, if you're like living right on, Dude, there's all these like little lifelines that the world like throws at you when mm-hmm. you need them the most. And I felt like when I'm like panicking or I'm like I'm at my lowest point, dude, boom, dude, there's like a lifeline that's just like there. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, dude, I couldn't have needed this sooner. You know, right. so I like I don't expect it, right? But I live my life like I'm trying to help other people and like just throw them like little little lifelines if you want to call that. I don't know yeah. exactly what to call that, but just like throwing things out there, living a good life. But so that was like an example of like one of those like real like divine moment, you know, like a, like a fucking divine intervention or something yeah. like that where like something just happens and it's just like. At the perfect time. At the perfect time when you're, I'm just like, man, I'm about to fucking like, you know, because I at that point, at that point, I'm like eating at the homeless shelter, right? You know, because I don't have any money. I'm like dumpster diving, you know. I'm like going like, um, it's still an organization here. Mm. It's called Casa Latina. Yes, yeah. but it used to be like over on the waterfront, and okay. it was just a little trailer, mm-hmm. and everybody would just line up on the sidewalk in the morning at six in the morning, and people would just drive up, yes. pick you up, and then just take you somewhere and like have you work. Yep. Yeah. Kind of like a labor ready situation. Yeah, but like you know, no papers, no right. questions. Right. It was just like boom, and then and I had like, dude, I was like hurting hurting so i was looking for a job i was doing that in the morning which was like six you know to like nine in the morning and after that i would just like walk up and down first avenue looking for some sort of opportunity yeah you know and that's when that like little lifeline that divine thing happened to me and i got taken up to this like stripper compound (laughs) the compound yeah and like you know i like started selling weed and, and you know i started selling them weed yeah and I, and they would feed me. <laughs> they would feed me. They were really cool to me. Mm-hmm. And they're really nice to me. <laughs> so. P- and then, pointed look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just blessed them, man. I love strippers, dude. Like, that was like one time in my life when I was like, man, you guys, y'all are some fucking angels. These saving are my good ass. people. They are good people. Just, you know drugged out is all fucking crazy you know like with no judgment right it's just the truth and so they really took care of me and blessed that dude that i lost touch with i've actually ran into one of those strippers like within the like last five years and that 
stripper house situation that I'm talking about happened in like 2004, 2005 when I just barely like landed here. Yeah. Yeah. But I was able to like, you know, they were able to like, you know, float me, you know, to like feed me. Yeah. Get you, you know, on your feet. Help me get on my feet. And like, I, I got a door gig doing security because that's, I was doing that in Arizona as well. Mm hmm. And then I was a busser. I started doing like bussing tables. Right. Yeah. Which was cool too. I remember the first time you told me your story. Like when we had first started working together. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, we're, yeah. we're personable, personable people. So I, I remember just asking you like, well, how, how'd you get here? Where I, I knew you were from Arizona. Yeah. What brought you here? You laid all that out for me, like your whole story in like an hour and a half. We just sat at the table talking. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember being like every every little bit of it. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> How did that even happen, dude?" And I think what you just talked about, which we didn't talk about at the time, I think has a lot to do with it. Some things that I noticed about you: you are always looking to give back to people that helped you, and like you said, looking out for somebody else who might need that fucking angel moment, right? Yeah, yeah, and you are always out there hustling to make something happen. And I think a lot of people that I have talked to or know about that struggle in some ways, like especially in regards to, you know, like we're talking about getting your life in order, getting on a track, you know, some, some type of pathway that you can be happy with. It takes going to Casa Latina and, and working for God knows who on a day-to-day -day basis. It takes walking First Avenue looking for a job. It takes, you know, being a busboy, starting at the bottom yeah. and getting your foot in the door. Like, that's what it takes sometimes yeah. to, like, get where you want to be. Yeah, and it's fucking scary. Let me tell you, dude. <laughs> like, there are, you know, when those quiet moments in your life when you're, like, by yourself. Yeah. Those are the moments when you, like, man, I don't even want to say get right with God, but just get right with yourself. You know what sure. I'm saying? And you're just like, there's nobody. Like, I've had that in my life a lot. When mm -hmm. I'm like, Especially when I was like hitchhiking. Um, there was moments when I was just like in the dark by myself. On the side of the road. On the side of the road, you know, taking a shit in some bushes on the side of the road, you know, and you're just like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know really know where I'm going, but... Man, I just, I'm just doing it, man. I'm just leaning into it, you know, just leaning into it. Yeah. And then you just like, well, just make opportunities for yourself. Right. I, I don't, I don't, there's got to be some sort of like words for that, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think the, the, the concept though, you're, you're, you're laying it out beautifully. Yeah. You got to make those opportunities for yourself. Yeah. God, what is it? Uh, I think it's from Christianity. Honestly, I don't know. It's probably has some pagan roots, but there's a phrase like God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. And I think that's speaking, you know, exactly to what you're talking about. Like you have to lean in. And then at some point, you know, that type of person is the one that's going to get the, the freaking angel walking down the street and say, Hey, I got a house full of strippers. You can stay at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. wouldn't have been there if you hadn't hitchhiked up here and said, I'm going to go make a life for myself and doing somewhere. I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like super in Arizona. I was like, right. you know, I grew up section eight housing, 
super broke, you know, just like I could see my life like, you know, I, I smoked a lot of weed and like, you know, did some drugs and stuff. And and it was one of those quiet moments when I'm like, dude, I, I don't see my life like blossoming here <laughs> or like, you know, I I'm broke as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck do I do? And I just came to the realization. It was like, well, I'm broke here. And this place fucking sucks, which is Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, <laughs> everybody, it's kind of like Flagstaff, Arizona is like along a major like highway. And that's where people break down okay. and they just never leave kind of place, you know. <laughs> that's where the wagon wheels came off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but it's a beautiful place. You know, it, it was a really cool place to grow up. I can speak nothing but flowers about like growing up in that setting, mm-hmm. um, you know, being poor or whatever. But that sucks but like you know um being able to like walk in the woods you know throw rocks at the trains walk on the train tracks fucking ride your bike until midnight you know right. that's cool shit you know that's cool <laughs> yeah. shit i mean i really appreciate that but yeah uh the one of the things about that town is there's no industry well i guess there's a couple companies there like coca-cola wl gore where where they make gore-tex and like mm-hmm. you know heart valves and stuff out of like oh shit synthetic heart valves and stuff but outside of that there isn't a whole lot of like there's no boeings there's no sure. you know microsofts or amazons or it's anything not like a that. hub of industry yeah yeah <laughs> there's no port you know there's no airport or anything like that um so, you know, I was sitting there in one of those quiet moments in my life when I was just like, hmm, well, I'm broke as fuck here and it's lame. <laughs> this is If I'm going to be broke, I want to be broke somewhere fucking cool. And then I was just like, hmm, let's do this. What can I do about let's that? Let's do this. Let's fucking come up with a plan. Let's do something. Yeah. So I did something and then I ended up here and it's cool. It was cool. Yeah. Made a life for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Made a life. That's some fucking rags to riches right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the, that the background, kind of my background. And then that kind of leads up to the, the stripper compound. Yeah. And then from there, line cook, line cook, electrician. Yeah. Yep. And now you're kids. thinking about, oh yeah, kids. That's a good segue yeah. because you're thinking about starting some sort of, um, podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And so the the podcast is going to be like all these people that I've met in my life, like all these influences, well, not all of them, but, you know, some of the influences in my life yeah. that have been through the hardcore, hardcore community, hardcore punk rock, when I say hardcore. Yeah. Um, not hardcore porn. Yeah, not hardcore porn. That, <laughs> that, that's a different inspiration there. Different community. Yeah, different community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, draw inspirations from those people and like now you know, we were all in our youth and now those guys have like kids mm-hmm. and I've listened to like other podcasts, like punk rock podcast and hardcore podcast. And they all talk about how they, their journey into like <clears throat> the music and what that journey to have been like. Right. But nobody's really talking about like father that I've known. Mm-hmm. I there's one other co- podcast I I don't I think it's called like the Punk Rock Dad podcast or something like that. We'll look it up and link it in the show. Yeah, or my show notes. Yeah, but I actually haven't listened to it because uh, it's really like there's a difference between like it's really weird like like punk rock mm-hmm. and hardcore. Hmm. It's there's like a it's a subgenre of a subgenre kind gotcha, of gotcha, situation. Gotcha. Uh, but I've never listened to it. Um, 
so but i know it exists and i want to like get the singers or even like you know influential people just mm-hmm. in the scene and ask them about fatherhood and how they deal with certain challenges and um i'm just really interested in like how other people father their children right and maybe other people are too i don't know you know they are yeah i know there are and that's you know like we talked about when we were getting breakfast that's something i think that um you know there are a lot of outlets out there it doesn't have to be a podcast you know it could be you know just a message board or an in-person community there's a lot of resources out there that you know somebody's interested in the, the same things you're interested in yeah that's funny you say that because the actually the the seed grew out of like me wanting to make a zine like yeah i, I don't do you do you know what a zine is i do since we t- i learned from you but what is it for those who don't know oh okay like a zine is just like um let's say a pamphlet you know mm-hmm. like um uh, for lack of a, a better comparison like you know you get like a jehovah witness like pamphlet you know what i'm saying yeah, but it's, yeah. it's something like that but yeah you know, it's the DIY, DIY thing, do it yourself. Right. And, and that's a real uh, one of the punk rock uh, ethos that people do it, do, do it yourself. Like, yeah. And that's one huge thing that draws me to it. It's just like, and, you know, doing the podcast is like, these people aren't fucking rock stars. I'm not like, right. it, it's not like Axl Rose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or fucking Anthony Kiedis. Right. These are like people who have similar stories to mine. You know, mm-hmm. have like troubled backgrounds troubled childhoods who have like been rejected by you know the jocks and right you know the you know the in crowd let's say and the mainstream and some might even say rejected by like society in general like let's let's not let's put you guys over here yeah in this little box and then so you know and then so that's the community right yeah and like we make our music by ourselves we put it out by ourselves and we make magazines right so zine is short for that yeah. so we make our own magazines and we do our own thing and like it which is really cool and that's totally tangible and there are like in that sub genre mm-hmm. heroes you know like one big one that you may have heard of the band called agnostic front you know i think from you that's yeah the only yeah they're they're, they're like old school like hardcore dudes and i've met these people right and they're like just people like you and i right. you know what i'm saying and they're like it's it's a beautiful thing like hardcore and punk rock beautiful thing and it's one of the things that saved my life and yeah um really gave me like ideas and things to think about and so i want to like get with other dads and just chop it up and ask some questions, you know, some music related stuff, some non related music stuff and mm-hmm. and just see how they live their lives and raise their kids and and you know, learn something, be learn, a part learn, of the community. Learn something from each other, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And if people want to chime in and listen or whatever, I like it. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Speaking to something uh you were talking about with the DIY mentality yeah i think you were the one that sent me this but I, I i'm not sure but i recently last couple months or so learned that like a lot of uh, uh punk rock bands they're like pressing their own vinyl yeah 
like they they're like hardcore about like if if i don't do it nobody does it yep yep that's exactly. really cool <laughs> it, yeah it's super cool and like you know i i collect records that's like you know my vice yeah. <laughs> you know is that i collect records and a lot of them are like limited pressings right you know first pressings and like you have to think about you know in the 80s when this hardcore thing like you know started right there was like mm-hmm. no way for you know somebody to like put out their own records if they weren't like on like a major label you know right so they had to do it themselves and that's where it was like born right and they just like well i'm gonna just do it myself yeah and they, they work like out. shitty like jobs and they got in like <laughs> vans you know or cars and like went across the country and yeah established like a little fucking outposts and stuff and they just Plop a fan base down here. Yeah. Here, Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah. Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah. 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 What was the, um, this is n- nothing to do with what we're talking yeah, about, yeah. but I Go just ahead. had a, a thought. What was the, God, I remember you telling me something about like hitchhiking across, like from Texas. Yeah. To Arizona. Yeah. No, no, no it was back here. <clears throat> what was I thinking? Well, just cut this. I, I can't remember what I was trying to ask you. There was some funny thing you said about like one of the towns was like the last stop or something. You've been to Texas, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. What were you in Texas for? Oh, uh, I went for a show, actually. Did you hitchhike? Yeah, I hitchhiked the whole I way. I feel like that's what you were telling me about. Yeah. I, I can't remember the whole story. Yeah, yeah that, was a, <laughs> that was definitely an adventure. Yeah. Definitely. Didn't you find something in the desert, like on the side of the road? Yeah, dude, I still have it. It's on my altar at home. What was it? It's a it's a double eleven domino. So that's right. I was thinking playing card. Yeah, no, it was a double eleven domino, yeah. dude. Like I was fucking like walking in the desert, um, between Las Cruces, New Mexico, and Albuquerque, New Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, dude, I had been walking all fucking day, dude. I was like, I had like. You know, subway sandwiches back then were like five dollars. So I got <laughs> got a subway sandwich and yeah. I ate that fucker. And like I'm just like walking and walking and I'm, I had my you know I'm flying a sign and it says like ABQ for short for Albuquerque. Yep. And I'm flying a sign, so I'm like walking, walking, and like dude, I got it. And then like it started to get dark and I had the shit, dude. And I'm like <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. dude. I like, remember <laughs> this is fucking rough, dude. I'm like in the middle, like legitimate, like in the middle of the desert, like tumbleweeds, <laughs> fucking cowboys and Indians type shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm way the yeah. fuck out there, dude. Like, um, I'm gonna die. <laughs> you know? Like, like, I'm like, you know, it crossed my mind. It's like, am I gonna fucking die out here? What the fuck's going on? My last meal was a five dollar footlong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I got a shit. Damn so. Like, I'm, like, giving up fucking hope, dude. I'm just like, oh, man. Like, I'm going to have to fucking sleep out here, dude. This God. is going to be fucking rough, dude. Like, you know, I have a sleeping bag, but I don't have a tent or anything. You You're going to be I'm, under the stars in the sand. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy camping and shit. So, like, I fucking go and, like, I'm like, oh, man, I got a shit. So, I, I go into the fucking, like, like off the desert. You don't find a huge bush to hide behind. Take a fucking dump. <laughs> Bust a grumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I uh, use my towel. And it's, like buy towel and like you know i'm fucking demoralized like walking back up to the fucking road i'm like shit man i'm so tired i'm fucking thirsty fucking shit i'll give it a you know sun's like legitimately going down dude like down and like i walk up to the road i'm like okay man i'm just gonna give this a little more if i can't if i can i'm just gonna you know bed down for the night and so 
uh, I walk up to the road and I look down and there's this fucking domino, dude. It's a double eleven domino. Yeah. On my uh, on the road and I'm like, oh fucking awesome, man. This is like, this is a cool like talisman kind of situation, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then right when I pick it up, dude, I put my thumb out and this dude fucking pulls over and he's like, hey man, can you drive? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude, I'm blind and I can't drive at night. I need oh, somebody to help shit. me drive. And I'm like. I'm your guy, dude. And we just fucking hopped in and I started <laughs> driving and like, and the reason why nobody was picking me up, I found out is that there was a, like an immigration checkpoint, like 20 miles up the road. No way. So they probably thought that I was like, uh, you know, uh, um, an immigrant, yeah. you know, and they were just like looking out for themselves because if you get caught transporting an immigrant, you right. know, probably, your, your goose is cooked as they say. And, um, so yeah, what a shitty fucking country to live in so where if you shitty. pick up a hitchhiker, you might go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, and then anyway, so we were we were cruising and like he fell asleep, dude. And like I was like literally going like a fucking 120, dude. I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to like get as much distance as I can. Yeah. You know, and he just like knocked out. I was like, just fucking flooring it dude going like trying to get as much before uh, he makes you get out yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah where was he going you know what is fucking the weirdest thing man it was super scary and i had to just kind of lean into it situation was that he was like hey um so we're gonna take this uh i was because i was trying to get to like albuquerque and go west towards yep. flagstaff i don't know if you're anybody's familiar with maps but just Arizona is west of New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Use the mush between your ears and use the machine in your hand. Um, we like, he's like, oh, there's a shortcut to where you want to go, you know, kind of like west of Albuquerque. And I'm like, shortcut. Mm. And he's like, yeah, it's through the desert. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking holy fuck, dude. So I'm like, com- complete stranger, yeah. you know. And he's like asking me to go through the desert. And you already know his, his, uh, he doesn't make the best decisions because he picked you up and went to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, I mean the entire time I'm like, man, he could totally, totally fucking kill me any second and nobody would ever find out. Yeah, man. It was so fucking like the whole time I'm just like high alert. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking of my mom, you know, like shit. My mom's not gonna know where I'm at, you know. Butthole is tight. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, but we popped out over on the interstate, kind of like I-40 that goes through like Albuquerque into Arizona through Flagstaff and stuff. Sure. Popped out right there, and um, luckily, and I got dropped off, and I got a really good ride after that too. That was one of those times where you just helped a dude out, and he helped you out. Yeah. Yeah. And everything was okay. <laughs> everything was okay. And like he bought me a sandwich, another sandwich from yeah. that, that that truck stop that we stopped at. There you go. Yeah, and a drink, and it was like, dude, onward and upward. <laughs> yes, I feel like that's one of those things uh, you should talk about on your podcast. Like, who here has had to hitchhike through the desert? Yeah, and then raise kids after that. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, those are the times in my mind while raising kids is like man you have to have so much fucking trust in the world to like raise kids it is unreal dude it's nerve-wracking it's so fucking scary like even crossing the street dude everything's a fucking threat you know crossing the street i know and like you know school you know i mean i don't want to like 
say anything, you know, but, you know, school shootings and stuff. We know what country we live yeah, in. You, yeah, we know what country we live in, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And there are just like, um, what is uh what does the red witch say there's like there are terrors in the dark or something like that (laughs) you're talking about from marvel no 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 from um the game of thrones oh the night is dark and full of terrors yeah exactly (laughs) exactly the night is dark and full of terrors yeah i can't even remember what her name is i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah oh my god dude that is legitimately like when she said that i'm like that is the truest shit on the face of the planet you know like the like uh you know cinematic um philosophy (laughs) when art becomes life (laughs) exactly and and man it just it's so crazy that i put myself in my situation and like my obviously my mom doesn't know that i was in that situation or you know probably my family doesn't even know that i was in that or Moreover, nobody knows I was in that situation except for this you and your listeners, pretty much. Right. And um, yeah, and you know, I, I like look at that and like I draw on that, thinking about my kids and like, dude, you have to put so much fucking trust in the world to like send your kids off into like the world. You know what I'm saying? And like, right. it's like so many things have to go right for us to like even exist, dude. No like, kidding. It's so scary. And, you know, just speaking from secondhand experience, it's like you do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully the tools that you have as a parent were conducive to them becoming, you know, well-rounded, functional humans. And then you just, you know, t- toss them out there. Good luck. Uh, dude. I uh, hope you hope the best for you. Nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking. Gosh. Yeah. How old were you when you had your first? 25. Okay, yeah. and then how old is Bubs? Uh, three. Um, Bubba is three years old. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you that was like your late thirties that you had him. Yeah, just like three years ago. So I'm gotcha. forty one right now. Yeah. So um, thirty eight. Me and Emmy had um, baby, baby. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the best man. He's a lovely little person. Yeah. <laughs> um. He cracks me up. I know he cracks you up too, but like meeting him those couple times, I was like, that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's a character. Little Roger. <laughs> yeah. Remember so when cool. we went to breakfast and I was like, dap me up? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. He cracked me up. And he's like asking me about your forerunner. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Ask your dad. <laughs> I got nothing for you. It's really cool. He's into this like thing right now where he pretends to be people. Like he's oh, like, nice. he'll be like, "Hi, I'm Roger," and uh, you know, and he's like, because I like have like uh, a white people voice that I use on the yeah, phone. you do. You know and, That's and, my favorite. <laughs> so I have a white people voice that I talk on the phone with, and then sometimes he'll just take on that persona and be like, "Hi, my name is Roger," and you know, whatever, whatever. I would like to speak to your manager of accounting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Account- <laughs> and um, yeah, and then he pretends to like be his brothers and stuff, and that's so and, good. And he pretends to be his grandma a lot. You know, he, it's it's yeah. it's. It's freaking adorable, man. It's oh, adorable. he's the best. Yeah. You guys made a good child. Oh, my God. We talk about it all the time. We're just like, we're so fucking lucky. You did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And Emmy's fucking 
awesome. amazing dude she is such like the best mother shout out emmy yeah, yeah shout out emmy you're awesome the coolest of the cool you are yeah <laughs> and yeah. i've only met you twice <laughs> um your white people voice <laughs> when we would be working in the middle of the night and i'd hear you get on the radio to the control center <laughs> i laughed so hard <laughs> Every single time, like if we weren't working together and I would just hear it on the radio, I'd be like, that is the best thing I've heard all night. <laughs> I'd like permission to mm-hmm. please let me into the substation. Thank you. Yeah. Power 327. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. I, I learned it from my sister. She has a good, like, excellent, excellent white people voice. Does she? Like, yeah. And uh, totally. I was like, oh, well, that's a good tool to have. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, I think, you know, you and I, I think, talked about it before, but uh, my dad, being Mexican, growing up with a Mexican family, like, I am sure that he sounded a lot more Mexican when he was a kid. Yeah. But he got into, um, you know, white people land Yeah. as an IT guy, and by the time I came around, he had no hint of an accent whatsoever wow he sounds completely white if you talk to him on the phone and so that's how i learned to talk but then i was like you know given that i had you know his culture behind his family and i'm like i met my aunts and my grandma you know cousins i'm like why don't i sound like that (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird yeah so i i learned actually the opposite i learned my latino voice you know oh second my white people voice was the default (laughs) so weird yeah that is that is weird that's funny i wish i knew more spanish yeah yeah me too spanish or navajo oh both yeah Um, but i i definitely speak more spanish than i do navajo yeah 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 just working in the kitchen like oh yeah chopping it up with like other like (laughs) you know mexican folks primarily right yeah latinos best folks i ever worked with you know for sure besides at the agency that we worked for yeah the the (laughs) we should start calling it that the agency agency. that sounds way cooler (laughs) (laughs) yeah man when i was uh working at applebee's there was this guy uh a man and a woman tomas and reina they were like my at work mom and dad they were so cool they probably loved you too they're just like oh yeah because i could speak a little back to them yeah yeah they're like oh man justice my nino (laughs) who's who's this (laughs) yeah that's the bummer about my name it does not translate well into spanish (laughs) i think it's justicia oh wow i think it's a feminine word you know because spanish is gendered yeah yeah yeah. i i think it's justicia which is how you say the word Mm. justice i think i'm I'm rogelio i know (laughs) rogelio bungholio yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) rogelio martinez (laughs) that's good shit (laughs) was it uh psycho michael that came up with bungholio yeah i'm sure i'm sure that dude freaking is a good riffer dude he, he just is a riffs. good riffer yeah. he's a crazy person is why <laughs> yeah that dude has something going on in his brain <laughs> yeah uh poor guy he's still there yeah he's hanging in there though man hopefully he you know blo- hopefully he blossoms seriously what what i want for him is you know since he's not going to get that license mm-hmm. from that stupid apprenticeship that fake apprenticeship yeah let's be clear i'm not talking about a real apprenticeship yeah um 
I hope he takes that experience working in, there's a lot of things you can take away, as you know, the government, transit, um, high voltage substations. Yep. He can take that and move into a, a different entity. Yeah. Because he's, as you well know, just stagnating. That guy is smart. Smart. Dude. He's super smart. smart. Yeah. They're really not not nurturing that. No. Yeah. They've been watering him too much. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that is a great example of what we were talking about earlier is not they're they're taking a guy who was a serious asset who at his last job was a serious, you know, dependable go to that guy for information or help or whatever, and they just treat him like a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. Put him in the dark. Yeah. Most of us, right? Like True. I mean, like we're all like pretty good assets that is true brains and they just like don't (laughs) yeah most of us were (laughs) yeah they don't they don't nurture us (laughs) Uh, there were some people there though that were not yeah but we don't need to talk about that (laughs) bless those people bless up (laughs) oh god yeah so i mean just getting back to the the podcast thing i know we're all over yeah it's cool um i'm just hoping to do something cool that people like yeah i mean at the end of the day that's really all you can hope for yeah yeah and learn something along the way i think that's a good perspective to come from when you do something like what we're doing here or what it sounds like you want to do if you approach it from i'm trying to learn with my listeners i think that's a very relatable thing to listen to a lot of the feedback i've gotten for this podcast has been like it's so refreshing people telling me it's so refreshing to hear just a dude talk about things that we all go through yeah from a relatable point of view not from any position of authority or um you know unrelatable experience like oh i'm a, i'm an astronaut i think you're getting a phone call all right back from intermission with bubs yeah <laughs> yeah got the phone call or the facetime and he's just like I want you to rough me up. That's what he was saying. That was the whole call. He's was like, that what he was yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I want you to rough me up. It's like when I just like grab him by the scruff of his shirt and just like kind of throw him around like super rough. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He's just like, and then like onto like pillows. And stuff. Dad and wrestling. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I love it. He loves just like getting roughed up. I do remember uh, doing all sorts of shit like that with my dad when I was little. Yeah. But I also remember having it taken too far and being like, okay. I'm I'm had I'm, I'm like I'm tapped out and it's yeah. still going. <laughs> Can you please let me go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, so he's trying to get his mom Emmy to do it, and she's just like, I just don't like playing like that. And I'm like, Boo. you're your loss. <laughs> Boo! I got him and I like slam him down or something. Throw him into the floor. Yeah, give him rug burn. They were um, <laughs> that's terrible. They were playing Sylvanian. Do you know what Sylvanians are? No. You know, I didn't know either, but uh, they're like these little like furry creatures and they all like in like dollhouses and, wow. you know, they'll have like, it's like a dollhouse, but instead of like dolls, uh-huh. it's like little creatures like rabbits and like mice and okay, it's super cute, super cute. It's a tr- it's, yeah. For kids, it's like a kid's yeah. toy? Yeah. Emmy did it when she was a little kid. Whoa. And then so she, they were doing it last night. Was, what is uh, it called? Sylvanians. Like S-Y? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's pretty much the extent of like 
What Jeez. I yeah yeah those Whoa. those little things yeah that is wild yeah that is super cute yeah it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> look at that <laughs> and they have like little playhouses and stuff that you can just like yeah so pl- they did pl- that last like night. make breakfast with your cats <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that is super strange I've literally never heard that that triggers no memory in my brain. The yeah. name or the picture. Me neither. That is weird. Me neither. She, we went to like some toy store, and then she was like, "Hey, have you ever played with these?" I'm like, "No, not at all." I don't like, know what, what the that fuck? Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I guess she still has her collection from when she was a little girl. So That's okay. cute. Yeah. Super cute. Yeah. The only like at first I thought you were talking about Sylvania, the electrical company. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they make light bulbs. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking yeah. about. Amy, Amy plays light bulbs. Damn. <laughs> That's hardcore. But you yeah. guys, I get why you guys are. You know, had a baby together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, let's see where where are we going with this from the podcast that you were you're thinking about. I remember when I f- first started recording this, I wasn't really. I think you're the first person that I told, other than like family and and old friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, having been a constant listener to this podcast for. Shit, the last more than half a year, 41 episodes at yeah. this point. What do you think is, what what stuck with you? Like, what's something that you know, made uh, you keep listening? Man, yeah, that's a good question. I like um, the way you have the listener look inside themselves and ask the questions. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like. I know that you're not like a, a therapist or whatever, but you know, that, that, <laughs> right. that's something that I feel like that we all need to do. Yeah. And even if we do have a therapist, I think it's a good thing to do like a check-in kind of thing. And like, I think your podcast for me mm-hmm. is a good reminder of that. To just, check in with to, yourself. Just to check in with myself and just be like, Hey, and, um, I think, I I don't want to put this all on uh, this labor on you or whatever you know what I'm saying <laughs> or this right. or this responsibility on you but, yeah um it's been a kind of like a reliable kind of thing to be like oh, okay well and then you have like all these aspects of your life that you should check in with so I like um be, I haven't seen my therapist in a while and like and so I've been like thinking about those things and I guess your podcast is like food for that you know be like cool hey here's some ideas right here why don't you check in on this just little... chew on that for yeah, a second yeah. and then <laughs> and you know and it's a good thing in those those quiet moments when you're alone and you're thinking about shit when you're just, shitting in the bush yeah yeah when you're when you're shitting on the side of the road and freaking uh, nowhere uh new mexico you think <laughs> think about these things so i that's what i take away and that's what i think is a, a valuable thing about your podcast is right on taking these little bits of information and like just like we do with the world, you know, and like taking these little bits of information and what's useful, and then using them. So for sure, I, checking in with myself is a huge thing that I've taken away. And That's I, awesome. I really, I really appreciate that, and and uh, I don't know. I, just, I feel like you're a smart motherfucker, and like you know, <laughs> and then you're really intuitive and. And you know, sensitive, and that—that's cool. And then think that's why we connect too. Is like I you think know, so. Um, I I hate to like you know, it's hard to be vulnerable, but I I feel like I'm sensitive too, and like you know, try to like, uh, I think we kind of like break that machismo kind of thing down between us, where yeah. we can just be vulnerable and like just be straight up, you know, and be like, hey man, you know, I'm feeling this way, or I'm I'm hurting. I 
I totally agree with or, you on that for sure. I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. Dude, I remember, I don't even remember what we were talking about actually, which I think speaks to the point. At one time when we were at work, you said something to me like, in, in the conversation we were having, like, I don't feel like you talking to me, you said, I don't feel like I could say this to the other people we work with, not knocking them at all. Yeah, yeah. But that exact thing you're talking about, like, you know, not everybody's ready to talk about everything. Yeah. How they yeah. feel or what scares them or, yeah. you know, when they are fucking sad. Yeah. Like, God, when... um. I won't say his name. When our coworker's daughter died, so so heartbreaking. That shit was rough. Yeah, for yeah, everybody. So and then you saw like people that we worked with. You know, we all cope in our different ways. Yeah. And some people's coping mechanisms are like pretend like it's not happening. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I we need to have a check in with some of these people because like I yeah. can't act like this didn't happen. Yeah. It's so tragic, man. It, just, man, yeah. Oh. We never have to experience something like that, dude. Shout out to that guy, even though I'm not going to use his name. Yeah. And they couldn't happen to a better guy too, which is the, the <laughs> like, you know, I get. It's just the icing on top of the shit yeah, cake. Yeah, he's such a nice fucking just nurturing dude too. You know, to, yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah, that's everybody's dad. Yeah, <laughs> and I've I known him out in the construction world too. I remember. So yeah, yeah, was... I, I remember. I worked a long time with another guy who used to work with this particular individual nothing but good things to say about him yeah like yeah. dude's been solid for a long time yeah. yeah raising good people yeah yeah but yeah that was a good example of of a time in addition to the one you, that i was just talking about just yeah well being like, able to break those walls down yeah <laughs> yeah just uh, you should expand on that just a little bit uh because maybe some of your listeners aren't current huh? with the with that on which one? Our coworker, his his daughter oh, passed away from COVID. We and did she talk was, about it. Okay, yeah, I remember you talked about it, but I'm just yeah, yeah, just yeah. to refresh that. Yeah, so this was for sure. This was the the coworker who um, his 26 year old daughter got COVID seriously enough to go into the hospital, mm-hmm. and um, near the end, which we nobody knew was going to be the end, it was like, oh, she's doing a lot better. Uh, we have hopes for her to get out of the hospital within a week. Yeah. And then literally the next day after that conversation, like Oregon shut down. Yeah. Death within 24 hours. Yeah. And, you know, I think I spoke, spoke about it before in regards to like, you know, being vulnerable with your fellow man. Yeah. With your, you know, people you care about. But I think it, I also ended up touching on it like with uh, Kate, one of my last, or I think who was my last guest, you know, just, it was frustrating how lax a lot of people were with this disease that we all, you know, faced for, or in some people's cases are still facing yeah. for two and a half years. Um, how serious it was. Like I personally know in, in my circle, thankfully not immediate circle, but you know, two degrees maybe removed. I know two people that died from directly from COVID and one was very similar. It was just like, Hey, my dad, one of my friends, my dad's got COVID. We're kind of worried because he's a little bit older in his fifties, but in good health, same thing. Went into the hospital, literally less than a month later was dead. My God. Yeah. And it's like, scary, man. you know, as, as you saw, (laughs) we were not taken care of. That's another way in which, yeah, 
we yeah. were just told to, you yeah. know, deal with it. I'm I'm definitely not taking COVID as serious as I should be now. Even though it's yeah. Even oh, same. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I I went to like some concerts over the weekend too, and it's like I think one person and like the couple shows that I went to was wearing a mask. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, man. Am I a piece of shit? Yeah, yeah. Am I, am I the super spreader? <laughs> yeah, man. And it's one of those things where, I mean, a lot of factors had gone into that, right? Like the strains are getting less and less deadly, but more and more contagious. Yeah. And I, I couldn't tell you the last time somebody I know got sick and was seriously ill. Yeah. Uh, actually, I can tell you. I don't know if you, I told you this. My mom got COVID. God, when was that? Months ago. And she's fine now, but ended up in the ER. Whoa. Yeah. No, you didn't tell me about that. It was bonkers. Damn, that's so scary. Yeah, I think that was early summer, like June, when my mm-hmm. sister got married. Wow. Dude, and that was one of those things where it was like, okay, by by June, a lot of people were like, okay, no mask mandate. You know, people are walking around like normal for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. But that's not how it was. For everybody or currently is right you still have people going to the hospital yeah yeah people still dying and stuff people still dying baby, it was the, ba- the baby has covid right now right yeah bubs has covid he seems like he's doing okay yeah, fortunately yeah. he's like you based know, off of that face yeah, yeah yeah and you know um, bless sammy's heart man she's like just because she had covid right yeah and then i'm pretty sure they're pretty close quarters and this is actually supposed to be my weekend with the baby. Right. Yeah. So, um, but they're just kind of quarantining. And he was supposed to start school on Monday as well. Yeah. Uh, first day of preschool. But I mean, I don't know when that's going to happen. And I don't know the school's protocol uh, on returning back from an illness like that or something. So, who if knows? it's anything knows like our former employer's protocol, it was just like, <laughs> Just come back whenever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spread yeah. it around. Yeah, you still coughing. As long as you don't have fever, we're good. Dude, I know you and I are speaking about the same guy. Remember he came back, didn't want to use the rest of his sick time? Even though he has like fucking 800 hours of like sick time. What a fucking bozo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that was rough. That's what, yeah, he's one of the people that we, I, I speaking for myself, don't miss. Yeah, no. <laughs> No. I was like, thanks, guy. I, I love getting sick at work and <laughs> yeah, yeah. having you know other people get freaking seriously ill. That was cool. Yeah, that was so not cool. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, man, I really appreciate your podcast for sure, and it's uh, thank you. It's um, definitely um, uh, enriching yeah. my life, and I'm sure your other listeners as well. I hope so. Uh, yeah, and I really appreciate it, and. Um, uh, I usually let like a couple stack up. Yeah. And then I'd like plow through like a like a few. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with like a lot of podcasts. I just like, you know, if I got, I'm like, oh shit, I got to catch up on these and yeah. just hammer them all out. That's actually really interesting. I have been curious for some reason, never asked this, asked this question. Like, how do people, what's the, what, are, how do they listen? I know one or two who listen kind I don't want to say religiously because that sounds weird (laughs) who listen regularly and they do it on Mondays. It's like their, their Monday wake up podcast. Yeah. Um, but I haven't asked 
my listeners in general like that so that's really interesting you, yeah. you like to I, let a couple build yeah i let a few stack up and then and i'll, I'll binge like, yeah or unless you have a, a long episode like an hour and a half episode right and then i'll just like okay i gotta get this like handled and then, <laughs> and then i'll listen to it like you know while i'm like you know um working or something yeah and doing paperwork doing paperwork yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, that's cool, man. I appreciate it. And like we were talking about before, I was, I asked the question just because I, I like to know what my listeners think yeah, and yeah. and what I should think about doing going forward if, if anything needs to change or if I could touch on anything that I'm not. Um, so it's, it's helpful for, I think, other people to hear yeah. like what my guests have to say because I want to say not all of the people I've interviewed, but a good chunk of them have been regular or semi-regular listeners. Yeah. And I think um, getting their perspective into the podcast is is very helpful. I mean, I'm, I've gotten 41 episodes in at this yeah. point, which is kind of crazy to think That's about. Huge. That's huge. That's an accomplishment for sure. I do struggle with like thinking about where it's going to go in the future. And you know, like with any endeavor... It, you have ups and downs and you at some point you're going to doubt yourself. And I've definitely had that, you know, with, I think I even talked about it on one of the episodes. There was like this weird decline in listenership yeah, for yeah, a couple I remember, weeks. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it coincided with like a decline in feedback that I would kind of was used to getting at that point. Oh, okay. It was weird. I, I'm Maybe it was summer. Just a little dip. Yeah. Like busy summer last bit in August. I don't know. But, um, so, yeah, that was definitely one of the times where I was, like, insecure about things. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no. Man, uh, if I had any input, just keep it going, man. It's it's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's informative. Worthwhile. Worthwhile, dude. Yeah, there you go. I hope so. You know. And I, I like the guests. I, I thought Veronica was a little bit of a, a threw me for a loop as far as your guest goes. But No kidding. Yeah, that, that was a really cool episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would love to do more like i don't want to say professional even though that's what that was i would yeah. like to get people on who are more i don't even know what the word is less close to me yeah you know my guests are typically people i know yeah except for her yeah which was a trip mm. yeah i um i'm a pretty pretty regular uh, listener to this other podcast it's a hardcore uh, podcast and they always like hard um interview like hardcore folks but yeah. this one episode they um interviewed a pool guy right oh Just like the, who cleans pools yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i was like oh that, that's funny i dig it yeah it was a good episode it was a really bizarre episode i'll, I'll, I'll send you a link it's <laughs> okay it's worth a listen okay yeah that's cool i'll, I'll turn you on to it it's, it's pretty cool but uh, yeah i think i listen to mostly like hardcore punk related um podcasts and i did a couple history podcasts and i used to listen to true crime podcasts a lot but i, I remember stopped. <laughs> i fucking stopped dude it was like you and me both it was <laughs> it was like it's kind of fucking me up man there was this one yeah. in particular that mm-hmm. um vancouver yeah yeah yep. it was about the vancouver serial killer who was killing all those like uh sex workers and stuff yes oh man that was and feeding them to the to his pigs yep and that was like I, I, that was the last true 
true crime podcast that I listened to. <laughs> I remember you telling me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like PTSD after that. You know, I mean, I'm self-diagnosed, but I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for, for a true crime podcast, like that's enough. Yeah, yeah I'm good. I think I, <laughs> that was the Grand Canyon of podcasts. I don't need to, I don't need to go down that road anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah, bro. I remember that exact episode. I think it was probably uh, Crime Junkies. Yeah, I yeah, think that's what yeah, we were was, listening to. Uh, what it was was their thing? It, it sends chills down my spine. Is like <laughs> they're, yeah. they're they're like thing. Oh, I just feel chills. Oh, it it did send yeah. chills. That episode was dark. Yeah, dude. it was a multiple part episode too. I think oh, it was you're like right. a three part episode. It was something like that. It was a special. I, I was driving on the East Coast. I drove from uh, New York City down to. Um, richmond virginia yes and like i was like i was fuck man google maps sometimes puts me in the weirdest positions <laughs> like dude i'm like on like a rural fucking like highway in the middle of like you know virginia and yeah. i'm like oh dude okay. like yeah man i do not want to get pulled over out here at all you no know shit. and so and then listening to that podcast <laughs> i was just like it was like oh man this is really fucking like <laughs> fucking me up <laughs> so like like i said like when that podcast is over like i'm like swearing off fucking true crime podcast bro i get it and I may, I may cut this out but not safe for life warning here trigger warning the part where they're talking about when the cops showed up and they found that woman hanging from the meat, meat hooks and oh, she's yeah. cut in half yeah yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. fucking Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like how they found like uh fucking purses and shoes, like like a, a collection. Whole, like a collection. Oh, oh my god. How many fucking is that, dude? And yeah. like oh my god. And like jewelry and stuff. Like he gave away jewelry oh, to women he would pick up, right? To date. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh so Dark. so gnarly. And I don't know if I making this up or I dreamed it and they've like found a ring inside of a drain like like a floor drain that actually sounds familiar and I think they tied that to one case God. it was like they um they found a ring inside of a fu- and they were looking for this person right that it was a missing. drain though like out in the the meat yeah yeah and, yeah oh. yeah and they found her ring and they're God. like oh well so we know that she was here and she probably died here and yeah probably. mystery solved kind of thing holy shit Ooh, yeah. you know as dark as what hit his actions obviously fucking evil man right yeah, yeah i am always hung up on the accomplice the woman that he worked with oh my god who would like convince these um other women that he was safe yeah to get them to go with him yeah i'm like how evil of a motherfucker do you have to be wow to be betraying people like that yeah yeah no kidding dude no kidding man shout out to crime junkies (laughs) shout out to crime junkies (laughs) yeah giving me nightmares and shit i'm fucking cold sweating yeah no no Mm. shit i Man, giving me chills <laughs> down my spine. Yeah, yeah, spine chills. What, I, what do they yeah, full, say? Full body chills. Full body chills. That's what it is. Full body. Just giving me full body chills. Oh, that's uh, good. And and it really like that situation. Like I was really apprehensive about um, watching the Dahmer. Mm-hmm. the the Dahmer series mm-hmm. and i didn't know like the my Dahmer... friend is that what it's called my friend Dahmer. no it's just called Dahmer. it's on netflix oh i'm thinking of a different yeah, one yeah no no this one is gnarly dude i thought it was only gonna be like a movie like one movie but it's like oh it's 10 series. episodes Ooh. yeah and i just like 
fucking grinded through them all, dude. <laughs> You're like, I got to get this out yeah, of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, it's, it was it was fucked up. Is yeah. it documentary style or is it like dramatized? It's dramatized, definitely. Okay. It's like actors and stuff. And gotcha. Some stuff is like um, dramatized, you know, and like not real. But sure. there's like videos online to tell you which, what, you know, like oh, the real things that happen. Okay. And like the, yeah. And I was like into serial killers for a long time which is fucking weird it's it's common i was too like i spent a whole day looking up uh gary ridgeway one day god so fucking scary dude that (laughs) that whole thing is fucked up i yeah the thing that sent me on the um serial killer trajectory was when i was like i think for my 16th or 17th birthday Mm -hmm. my mom bought me this like encyclopedia of serial killers that's right (laughs) yes yeah and then like thanks mom and then dude i totally like read the whole fucking thing and was just like versed in like all these like serial killers (laughs) and then from there i was like oh yeah you know i was like at like a you know thrift store i'm like oh this is a book about serial killer so you were like the flagstaff arizona expert on (laughs) serial killers yeah 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 and i was a little kid so like i just like kind of like learned about you know all these weird fucking shit people yeah but that was the one that broke me was the fucking crime junkies the vancouver pig murders yeah yeah god oof so in in the same vein have you seen in the news recently the uh conclusion of the Kristen smart trials no i don't even know what that is nobody does which is why i'm bringing it up because it was like this little freaking passion project of a dude that made a podcast which led pretty much to the murders getting or the murder getting solved whoa yeah it was dude that putting that on your resume would be fucking sweet i solved a murder with a podcast so i guess that's what i'm trying to do wow (laughs) but everybody knows who uh elizabeth smart was right yeah, yeah, we've yeah. All, or at least we've all heard of the Elizabeth yeah. Smart case. She's the one that was like locked in the person's backyard yeah. and like fa- uh, not fathered, uh, but uh, gave birth to a child. Maybe. Oh, okay. All right. No, I'm, I might be confusing that with one more. All right, but go ahead. She, she, she survived. She was rescued. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Smart was a a college student at Cal Poly Tech in '96, and she went missing after going out and partying with a bunch of people. The last time she was seen was walking home with Paul Flores and the group she was with was like, Hey, we're all, you know, departing to our different dorms. As we enter the campus, Paul was like, I'll drop Kristen off and I'll go to my dorm. Last time she was ever seen alive or dead. They never, there's no body. So fast forward through 25 years of law enforcement blunders and Paul Flores never being arrested fucking law enforcement dudes dude <laughs> they are dude i yeah. understand that they have to like fucking follow like protocols and shit but man they dropped the ball so many times all, all all the time. like in case in point like the fucking Dahmer and that fucking pig shit oh, the, yeah. the pig murderer fucker yeah like they dropped the ball like they could have had him like multiple times and stuff right. but they didn't same but yeah but go ahead sorry no it's all good that that's basically the same how many times could you have made this case happen you know in the time period when it needed to you know they say like the first 48 right yeah yeah but even leading not leading following that two days it's like it would the ball was just dropped by person after person and then um leadership turnovers in the sheriff's department okay long story short 
eventually a county sheriff got into the role that was like, we're going to figure what the fuck happened. They never closed the case. It never went cold. Wow. So he was like, we're going to do it right from the beginning and figure out if, you know, if we can make this case solvable. Long story short, I said that like three times now. They figured it out. And this guy, Chris something. The podcaster? Yeah, Lambert. I think his name's Chris Lambert. He literally was just doing like a pet project starting in 2017 or 18, where he was like, I grew up in the same town. I've known about this forever. I'm interested. Fast forward to like the end of his podcast, and he's doing interviews with law enforcement where they're like, yo, Chris, you put in so much work and did such a good job. This has led to so many tips and information coming in. We think we're going to have an actual chance at this. They arrested Paul Flores. He went to trial literally like a month ago, and they convicted him of her murder like last week. And now he... And it coincided with me finishing the podcast. Whoa. And this dude literally is in jail for the rest of his life. Wow. It was fucking nuts. Dude. Well, you plug me in. I want to, I'll check it out. It was uh, called Your Own Backyard. Cool. I will text that to you. I'll come out of a serial killer fucking retirement and check that (laughs) out. (laughs) Well, you know, the nice thing about if, if the things we were talking about, crime junkies, you know, stirring up like the feelings of like, ooh, I think I need to stop. This is nothing like that because it's, it's one case over, I think, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just like so well produced, like learning about the woman that Kristen Smart, how mm-hmm. who she was, her family, the situations leading up to and following her disappearance. It's so well done. That guy gets not enough credit. It, whatever credit he's getting should be more. Wow. Yeah. He Amazing. A lot of work. A ton of work over years. I think he even did some episodes post original release in which he was covering the trial as they, you know, heard arguments. He was allowed to go to the trial. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Couldn't record, but he took really detailed notes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a weird, weird side track, but no, that's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. What other, so, uh, what was I trying to say here? You like, you know, the punk, the hardcore podcast, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call this podcast that I do. I'm not sure what (laughs) would classify it. Uh, Um, borderline self-help. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and no more true crime anymore. Do you listen to any like fictional stuff or any just for entertainment value? Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess maybe not fictional, but uh, a lot of the NPR podcasts are fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. the Moth Radio Hour is really cool. Love um, NPR. Uh, what else? Um, uh, Ear Hustle was cool. That's oh yeah, Ear Hustle. Yep, Ear Hustle was good. Um, I have to. There's one more that just kind of started that I, it's I, new. I, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I have to look on my um, supercomputer to check it out. <laughs> Hal 9000. Yeah, yeah. I know like the, the NPR podcast that I'm familiar with and follow are like the, the long, long time ones like uh, Snap Judgment. Snap Judgment. That's a good one too. Dude, Glenn yeah. Washington is the man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what was the one that Ira Glass was doing? Oh, This American Life. This American Life. Yeah. Yep. That, those are pretty long though. Those are they hard. are. Yeah. 
Uh, Radio Lab is dope too. Oh, I haven't checked that out. Uh, and there was one more. Oh, Invisibilia. Mm. Yeah, there was some long-term ones. But Snap Judgment has been my jam for like 10 years. Yeah, for sure. I love the uh, ones that the the scary stories, the spooky. Spooked. The spooked, yeah. Yes. Dude, there's this one where like it was a, this dude goes like, oh, I forgot what he was doing. Like somewhere in Apple, Appalachia or how do they pronounce it? <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, Appalachia or something I, like that. Appalachia, yeah. yeah. Appalachia, yeah, yeah. And, that's where uh, my gr- my grandma's family is from. Fuck, dude. Yeah. And he talks about how he like saw a witch. <laughs> did you see? Did you, no, did I, you, I haven't oh, heard that one. Oh my god, dude, it's so good, man. It's like full body chills. Full body chills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a really good one. That that's a really good one. Um, There's a ton too. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely. For Listen sure, them all. yeah, but I think my primary is like hardcore, yeah, punk rock podcast, and I'll just like do weird shit. Like, oh man, I love this person. Like I was mentioned earlier from Agnostic Front. Oh, like you yeah. know, like uh, the singer for Agnostic Front. His name is Roger. Also, so I'll just be like Roger Merritt, and then I'll like look do a name search for his like in yeah. the podcast app and it'll bring up all like the interviews that he's had over the years right oh, and i'll shit. just like plow through those and like you know and like if i find somebody interesting like right now rick rubin right the the producer oh yes for, like um you know the the famous producer god who Dude, and he the is the chili peppers yeah the, the chili peppers ll cool j yeah fucking you know beastie boys he was an early like and jay-z slayer dude that guy is crazy dude he is fucking awesome dude yeah 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 he's crazy in like an awesome way it, like, right like yeah. i meant crazy like the the amount of stuff that he's done yeah 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 easy sure. yeah and uh so i'm on i'm in like a rick rubin rabbit hole so i just like listen to all these podcasts that he that he's been a guest on yes and uh, he actually just wrote a book so um, it comes out in january and i'm gonna I'm read that's on my queue of like when it drops, you know, I'm going to fucking yeah. order that shit. But, um, yeah, so I've been listening to just random, like, music stuff. And I love, I love, like, I fucking love music. So yeah. I love just hearing about, like, oh, man, this guitar, you know, I'll, like, That's cool. uh, this is my guitar from, like, you know, that I've played for, you know, 50 years or whatever. Right, like Willie Nelson with yeah. Trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I've watched the guy who tr- who fixes trigger right whoa yeah he has a whole video of like how he like fixes it and how he doesn't do too much that's crazy yeah i gotta imagine he's got a full-time job yeah that yeah. guitar is <laughs> fucking old yeah and another one um it's it wasn't a podcast but it was a episode um that they do on the youtubes uh it's called the rig rundown and they just go around to these famous guitar players. Oh, I yeah. think I do know what that is. Dude, and there's one that they do for Guns N' Roses. Oh, okay. And it is so cool. They show his, like, you know, Smash. his appetite appetite for destruction, you know, right. uh, Gibson Les Paul. And they just give the rundown on, like, all his, like, pedals and That's stuff. That's your jam, right? I love that shit. And, yeah, and they do, like, you know, other, like, metal, like, folks and, you know, blues guys and stuff like that. But less interested in those and more like yeah for sure yeah 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 you know a lot of those like famous guitarists are like the 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 old school guys like the blues yeah god what's his name um like bb king yeah 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 dude do you ever uh i'm not a fan of his music necessarily like his solo albums i think are kind of trash but uh john mayer is a fucking amazing guitarist dude a lot of people really love john mayer i don't 
I haven't dabbled. Yeah. But I think I'm like almost there. You know, because uh, you know how you, you hear so much about it. You hear so much you about do. it. You are just like, <laughs> maybe I should give it a try. He's so, weirdly good. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm just right there. Yeah, uh, for I sure. I should definitely look into that. Maybe I would guess it like his style. His solo album's a lot like not probably music you would normally listen to. But if you're looking for like guitar virtuoso. Yeah. That's a guy. Oh, uh, was he a part of a group before? I. That's a good question. I don't think so. I, I think he has done solo stuff under his own. You know, just him, and then he's got whatever supporting musicians. Mm. I think, but he has appeared with a lot of other artists. Yeah, like guest spots. And he was on the Chappelle show. Was he? Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it, one of the early episodes. Oh, funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty good episode. But I think the only reason why that I'm really like got into guitars at all mm-hmm. was because uh, my son Luca. Yes, he, he fucking he's a shredder, right? And yes. I want to like relate to him, so I like checking out all this like yeah all this stuff and like just learning about guitars and stuff. That that kind of took me down that rabbit hole. That's super cool. Yeah. So uh, when it came time for him to get um. A, a guitar, a guitar, yeah, like yeah. like a guitar, guitar. I did a ton. You of balled research. out, didn't you, dude? Yeah, I totally did. <laughs> but I, you know, I explained, I explained to him. I was like, "Yo, For man, sure. this is like, this is like a life guitar right here, dude. Like, understand that this is like mortgage payment kind of like thing. You know, this like, is a big deal. This is a big deal, and you need right. to like." Don't fucking leave it in the car like for five minutes. You need to like have this on your person or at home. And yeah. he has another guitar that I'm mean, like, if you need to like take something to a gig or like, you know, carry a guitar around, take that, take that guitar. But like if, if you're ever at the point in your life where you have a guitar tech, then you can like bring this guy right. with you. You know what I'm saying? But like, right. you don't want to be like taking this to a punk show. And <laughs> and it's funny cause I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go to like a ton of punk shows and stuff and like. Dude, there's guys like up there playing like fucking six thousand dollar guitars. No, like, for sure. Playing fucking just like bar chords and shit. I'm just like, oof, man. And then like people are like <laughs> stage diving and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, man. That's Watch fucking, out. Yeah, yeah. Your dad bought that for you, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Respect your dad, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good, man. Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, one of my best friends, John, who I had on the podcast. Yeah. He is, aside from his teaching career, he's a, I guess you would consider semi-professional musician. Casual gigs, just with people that he knows. Cool. will sub in for groups cool. occasionally. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you, uh, pro- professional musicians, like, that's your livelihood. Like, it's more than a mortgage payment. That instrument yeah. is worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And he was telling me about, like, how it's, like, when he's out there, like even when he was gigging in college and had first started act- doing actual shows with a group, yeah, it was like he would get, you know, in college, I guess I might have to cut that out, where he went to college was a party school and would just get plastered, like just schnockered, to yeah, use yeah, a Roger yeah. term. And it was always like first thing in his mind, even as he was leaving the club or whatever, the bar, completely wasted wallet keys where's my saxophone yeah where is my fucking saxophone yeah yeah and that was it even when he was unconscious blackout drunk that was like <laughs> in the forefront he, of his mind he's like passed out on the sidewalk hugging his head. i got it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And same thing, his his parents had bought him that saxophone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you love your children, and you want to invest in their, you know, interests, and you really, I, mean, I do at least, and I want them good to parents have, have the the best. The, <laughs> The best, and he's always like, "Man, you know, I need a fucking, I need this guitar, and I need that guitar." I'm like, "Dude, literally, like, you have like the fucking like right cream of the crop here. You need to just get some pedals. Yeah, yeah, get some pedals. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. one is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's the same with any musician. All the ones I know that have any level of like, I do this for, you know, a partially a living, even." They're always like on the hunt for more gear. Yeah. They yeah. want that next thing. Not that they don't have a good thing already, but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. John's a good example. I'm like, how many saxophones do you have? What the fuck? <laughs> He's like, well, this one is. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed yeah, this one for that. And granted with saxophones, it's like there are so many different. Yeah. Not only manufacturers, but types of saxophone like alto exactly and, his primary is a tenor, tenor but he's got yeah. an alto and a soprano and i think the only reason he doesn't have a baritone saxophone is because of how prohibitively expensive they are and they're fucking humongous they are humongous. <laughs> yeah okay the one i was playing in high school because i played baritone a lot whoa it wasn't mine the school was literally letting me tote around in my stupid childhood hands a four thousand dollar instrument. Instrument. Wow. Like just taking it with me, taking it home, leaving it on a school bus. Like four thousand dollars working in my stupid hands. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, not smart. <laughs> yeah. But shout out to where I went to school. Mm. Mm. Well, Roger, what are we at? We're a little over two hours. Do you think think we touched on some that's good solid. stuff? That's solid, yeah. That's yeah. solid, man. Is there anything that any any other questions that you think that Man <clears throat> I don't think so. That went pretty much how I thought it was yeah. gonna go. Yeah. It was very good. informative but entertaining, which yeah. is I, I think the line I'm trying to toe yeah, yeah. with most of my interviews. Um yeah, if there's nothing else. And if we decide there's nothing and then we later come back, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can always do that. But uh, is there anything you want to put out in the world? Man, just I know we kind of touched on your your endeavor. So for everybody, keep an eye out on Rogers. Um, yeah. Dad, po- punk dad podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to probably open up a um, Instagram account, Twitter yeah. account, all the accounts. Dude, Twitter to, is rough. Yeah. I have not been able to bring myself to do a Twitter. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to be kind of sounds shitty, but it's going to be minimal effort, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, same. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess when the time comes, just give me a shout out. And we'll get I'll, you back I'll, on. Yeah. Get me back on. and I'll be, I like to get back on. But, I mean, other than that, just be good. Yep. Stay out of jail. Steal as much as you can when you can. Take care, brush your hair. <laughs> Take care, brush your hair. Yeah. I yeah. can't steal that guy's. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> Do I have to have a child to come on your future podcast? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, you know, never say never, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> maybe. Like, uh, you need to have done big, huge comes. Yeah. In order to uh, get on the podcast. You know, maybe we can just. 
maybe we can do like an episode where you talk about the relationship with your father. Ooh. You know, I mean, absolutely. Kind of like a reverse role kind of thing. Like, yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I think for everybody. But yeah, I, I think that if we stick to like, you know, uh, a format. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I think I could do that for sure, but to be able I, to know I, would, it in. I would have to repair, repair, yeah. prepare. Yeah. Mentally. And probably write some shit down. Mm-hmm. There, that's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. That's like I unpack that shit in therapy. Well, also, you, well, I mean, you can also keep it light too. No, like, I know. Oh, yeah, you know, I love like carnival and I love like fishing. I love when my dad like you know <laughs> fucking roughhouse me and stuff like it, the good times. We don't have <laughs> the to, good times. you know, we don't have to think about God damn it, my dad fucking. This is why I'm fucked up. <laughs> yeah, made me sit in the car in front of fucking QFC for three hours when he went to the bar. <laughs> yeah. Thank God that did not happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. Everybody, be on the lookout for yeah. something from Roger in the future. We will be covering that news as it happens. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's happening. It's it's totally in the planning stages right now. I'm just. Oh, uh, yeah. I I think we talked about a breakfast this morning. I was like, I'm just like trying to come up with like the thesis. I have a uh like a a a dream list of guests, and I've actually mm-hmm. reached out to like I think I mentioned earlier some yeah. people that want to be on the podcast amazing and um um yeah i'm just come up with like a kind of a thesis like where do i want this podcast to go what do i want from it what do i want to give to my listenership i think that's a, a good idea it's important to know that you, not necessarily before you start i think it's more important to just get started but definitely early on have that idea of this is what I want to get out of this. And this is what I want other people to get out of this. Yeah. It's an interesting question to ask yourself. And, you know, we've kind of hit on that multiple times, like have that quiet moment of introspection. Yeah. And look at what exactly is going on inside. Yeah. And then the scary part for, at least for me was, okay, well now it has to translate to from the interior to the exterior. Mm -hmm. Like, I've talked about some real shit on here and yeah. it's not stuff that I have ever spoken to like individual friends or family about. Like yeah. I'm sure a lot of my family and friends learn some stuff about me though. No, like, for sure. Whoa. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny. Like when you're an artist, I'm speaking from a fan's perspective. Sure. When you're an artist or like, you know, you have a podcast and you, you create meet, and yeah and you meet somebody right you already feel like you know them you know so you're <laughs> yeah. just like right in there like all chummy and stuff and you're just like wait 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 i'm a total fucking stranger here you know what i'm saying like so i gotta like pull it back and back but, up but but i know all these things about you you know so yeah keep an eye out for that yeah i, I fortunately have not had that experience yet yeah, because I listen to like a hardcore podcast, and I I feel like I know these fucking people. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I know all the you know all the players in their lives. You know, their my friends best friend. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it, it you know when you meet them in real life, it's hard not to be so fucking chummy. Sure. You know? And be like, oh yeah, hey, you know, you fucking member. Yeah, let me tickle you. <laughs> Get over here. You know. <laughs> you little rascal, you. Yeah, you little rascal. Let me tickle you. Should we get an apartment together? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good shit. Don't <laughs> <laughs> call my son's bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah, sorry. Is it bar? Yeah. Bot is female? Yeah. Okay. 
and, and I'm not Jewish. No, me neither. We're just guessing. Yeah. We're best guess. Yeah. Like educated hypothesis. We're goys. What's that? Non-Jews. Oh. Right. I did not know that. That's good to know. Yeah. Use my catchphrase there. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roger. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And I think, I think a lot of people would, I think can take some stuff out of this interview. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And, um, I, man, I'm super proud of you for doing this. Thank it's you. Fucking awesome. I appreciate and it's it. It's a you know a leap of faith and and you know it takes a lot of fortitude to do something like this to put yourself out there and to put Jonesy out there and occasionally to, yeah. to put your fucking Lego collection on fucking <laughs> blast here, dude. You need to post that on the uh, <laughs> dude. You need to post that on the fucking ex boyfriend. You know uh, the Instagram Instagram page, like just so the listeners know, uh, Justice in his interview uh, office has a fucking a Lego collection, which is fucking rad. It's not intimidating. No, no, it's awesome. <laughs> Just because, like, I I love Legos and I love Star Wars. They're all Star Wars vehicles. Yeah. Um. There's a droid. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's the only outlier. The the one droid, and then the rest are just ships. Yeah. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. A droid, and what is what is this down here? That's the Millennium Falcon. It's the Millennium in Falcon in progress. So <laughs> eight. Eight Star Wars vehicles built from Legos. You know what I think is important to mention in all seriousness? I did an episode months and months ago in which I said those expensive-ass adult Lego toys were bought with the money I made as a union electrician. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Bless the IBEW. Bless up. (laughs) I think on that note, I think we can wrap up. That's a good way to leave this off. All right, man. Love you, dude. I love you, too. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview with with Roger. Um, that one has been kind of a long time coming. We've talked about doing this for a while, so I was very pleased to finally get him back into the uh, ex boyfriend studio. <laughs> and I, I hope everybody enjoyed it as well. As always, I'd like to remind you that you can reach me by email or by Instagram, or if you have my phone number, that works too. But by email at your exbf podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at your underscore exbf underscore podcast. This show is hosted on Podbean at justicetenna.podbean.com. You can listen to it pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's available on all the major streaming services. And if you just Google my name or you Google your ex-boyfriend's podcast, you'll find somewhere that you want to listen. Again, thank you to Roger for coming on and to all my listeners, if you want to be uh, on the podcast, you want to be a guest or you have any ideas, please feel free to reach out to me on that note. We'll wrap it up. So thank you again to all my new listeners coming from Roger. I hope you liked it. And until next Sunday, take care.